This week on Face Off Hockey Show, boy, we've got some firings and rehirings and hirings and such. Got trade rumors, got recycling things, we got stadium jerseys, we got the Arizona Coyotes for sale. A typical, typical week for Face Off Hockey Show, and you'll hear about it right now. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. Choose your command. You have chosen the Face Off Hockey Show. I mean, hockey is my life. I've got on hockey underwear right now. The Face Off Hockey Show. What? With Scotty Waz. Sean O. And the P Boys. Johnny, Johnny and Mark, Mark with a C. Yeah, baby. Here's your host for the Face Off Hockey Show, Scotty Waz. Oh, boy. We are having some fun. Uh, Johnny P, Scotty Waz here. It's Face Off Hockey Show. Welcome to another edition as we get closer and closer to Christmas time. Christmas on a Saturday this year. Oh, yeah. That's uh, making things hectic for people to not know when the holiday is. It's a good Boxing Day Sunday, though. At the oh, bar. Baby, oh, ho, ho, ho. Get that pay-per-view ready. Everyone ready to go. All right. So, Johnny, you sound like hell, uh, at least in the pre-show. Yep. Uh, what happened, man? I think the weather got to be. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, a little stuffed up. Coughing. Most of the day, I think I hurt my back coughing or just sleeping wrong. One of the two. Uh, so, yeah, we will see how tonight goes tonight. The uh, like I told Scotty beforehand, I would be surprised if I have a voice next week. Which is kind of needed for like, you know, a medium called radio or podcasting. Yeah, but yeah. neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. You know, we can get by. We can't. We, what we can do is hook you up with the TikTok. And they had those voice things where if you type something, it's the talk to text, text or text nice. to speak. Maybe I'll just order a bunch of those like dog buttons and like, and, like trade, or, sell. Oh, sorry, those are the wrong buttons. My bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I was down at the uh, at the Virginia studio uh, this week. This weekend, right, you're watching the kids, hanging out with the kids, having some fun. Apparently, Among Us is all the rage. No Again, what this game is? Well, for a four-year-old. Oh, sure. Okay, they they didn't get the first wave. No, they weren't alive. Yeah. Um, they were alive in in August of two thousand twenty. Or tw- yeah. yeah, yeah, that was it. Two thousand twenty, Scott. That's the that's a number. My bad. He was alive. He just didn't have a phone. That's fair. I guess I don't know. So yeah, <laughs> lots of Among Us. I know all the strategy to Among Us now. Nice, uh, as told by a four-year-old. Sure. So and, you basically uh, got it. Yeah, I'm sure. It seemed like a decently straightforward game to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With killing. Yeah, yeah sure. Not get caught. And, as, uh, as yeah. And I have, uh, I, uh, have a new camera lens on the way. Ooh. Yeah. Christmas I, gift for yourself? Yeah, this is a Christmas gift for me. It's, a. Uh, 
it's a uh, it's a I sold back 80 hours of PTO and got an extra check this year type Ooh. of gift to me. But I got a uh, 500 millimeter F4 lens, which if I use my two time converter on it, I have a thousand meter. It's effectively a telescope now for taking pictures of the moon. I was say a thousand a thousand meters. What is what? Well, a thousand millimeter. Yeah, so a meter. Yeah, I mean it's, it'd be badass. That'd be fantastic. Be badass. So hopefully, I, I got it for moon pictures mostly. Ed Door taking pictures of a hawk that's on the other side of things. So Hawk Harrelson put it on the board. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely not a hockey lens. Uh, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> Unless I want to see up somebody's nose. <laughs> Is definitely not something for hockey. Well, that's good, buddy. Yeah, so got that going for me. Nice. But uh, but the whole sleeping thing right now is not the best. Oh, that's a shame. So, oh well. Your Snorsky stats not doing well. No, no, lots of turnovers, mm. some phlegm, uh, lots of coughing in the neutral zone. Yeah, hate when they cough it up. Um, ironically, Jen slept. Perfectly when on a road trip out to Chicago. That's good. I heard you had quite the ride home, though. Dude. So getting there was fine. It's just a boring ass ride because there's nothing to That's see. The Midwest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nothing to see until you get to Minnesota, and even then, it's kind of few and far between. Um, Wisconsin sneakily hilly, by the way. Did not know okay. they had a lot of hills. I thought they just had badgers. They did apparent and. Beer and cheese. They re- and 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 sex stores. Those they do have good beer. Yeah, they they have they have a cheese. They have cheese signs everywhere. It's amazing. Um, signs made out of cheese. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure they do. That'd be fantastic. The the the, the cheese sign that's made out of cheese be all inclusive. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I went to Chicago. Jen's uh, son graduated from Navy boot camp, so he is. On his way to becoming a cadet or a sailor or something. I don't know what the hell's going on next. Seaman. Yeah, a lot of seaman. Uh, so that was that. We uh, hung out with him for a bit. Um, he was like, uh, he was only off on leave from the base from like eight to eight. Yeah. So spent time with him and hung out. And yeah, coming back, Blizzard Allen hit the uh, North Dakota pretty hard. The Red River. Tim Valley. Allen. Ah, 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 ah. Um, more snow. Uh-huh. Well, it could have been Ray Allen and just just, just throwing shoot. him in from downtown, <laughs> shooting threes from all the way around. Maybe that was the problem. <laughs> or it was Allen Thick. Remember yeah. Allen Thick? Could have been. Uh, in any case, uh, snow had happened, and it was almost in unavo- It was almost unavoidable for us. No matter what time we left, we would have been stuck in it. <laughs> um. So when we get to Alexandria, Minnesota, it's usually an hour and a half, hour 45 tops to Fargo. Okay. With the blowing snow and zero visibility and everything that's going on, almost four hours. And when we were leaving, Alex, uh, uh, we got word that I-29 was closed, which is the main artery to get home. Okay. Uh, And then by the time we got to Fargo at like 1030... Uh, it was closed from the South Dakota border to Canada. So the entire state was just shut down. So that was fun. Uh, we waited it out. Luckily got to the hotel. Uh, slept slept there for the night. 
did some shopping Monday, kind of waited for like the couple passes of the trucks. Were you in Fargo and didn't get a big potato? Uh, they were closed, and I was pissed. Oh. I was pissed. We go up there. I'm like, wait a minute. Are they closed? And then, yeah, closed for the day. Motherfuck. So. That's bull. Yeah. I mean, it's not bull, but it's yeah. starch. We had to get like, Smash Burger. So. That's not bad. Not terrible. Smash fries, pretty pretty all right. Uh, then we went to some other places, checked that out. And then when we were driving home, it was. Um, it was uh, freaking 16 cars in the ditch. So, wow. Yeah, good thing we didn't go. We didn't even try it. We kind of res- resigned ourselves to the fact that we were staying in Fargo for the night. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. So, gave us a chance to go shopping, go do some thrifting, uh, go to the card store, which they are expanding. So, Ooh, that's good. Good for good them. News. Yeah. Congrats on that. So, they have like a whole room for like people to do Pokemon or. Uh, magic or whatever the hell card games are going on these days. You can like play against each other. Yeah, yeah. They had like tables set up. They had They've like got like a dart room, but for uh, yeah, card yeah, games. For, for card games. Yeah. Wow. It's like, like the it's like the uh, Frank's Dead of, uh, of mm-hmm. Fargo. It's right across the hall from a jeweler that we didn't know was there in that mall, and we've going, been going to that mall for like ten years. So, uh, and I got some mystery packs. So ooh, ooh. one of these will be used for uh, for the haha fuck you of the night, Perfect. and one of these will just open for funsies. Yeah, yeah or two right. of these will just open for funsies. Um, so yeah, everyone's safe and sound. Went to the aquarium while we were there in Chicago. That was fun. Nice. Um, Chicago <laughs> is a fun city. Yeah, the the it's fun if you know where you're going because GPS doesn't give you fuck all. It really right. Makes... Agreed. Yeah. So and you also like need a little bit more time than like hey we are going to take a day for ourselves mm-hmm. so, take like two or three yeah see everything it's the only time i was ever there outside of the draft i was there for like two or three days mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's an okay and that was cool i i hate i much like every big city i hate it but i mean good on them it's got some stuff yeah i think the biggest appeal to big cities at least in my opinion is that you could like walk to things that's fair. We were staying in the burbs because it was closer to the base because the base is like way the hell and gone. Yes. Yeah. You know, got into the city, driving in the city was a piece of garbage, but yeah, that's Norm. You do. Hey, Norm. All right, let's open up. Let's open up some packs. Let's, let's open up a pack here. First pack. First pack. Here we go. Ooh. Semi and Varlamov moment. That's nice. Shiny card from Panini. Authentic. Mo- Ooh. Ooh, I might have to card this one. Might have to slab this one, baby. Authentic moments, Connor McDavid. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's real nice. What is this? It's uh, is that an upper deck? Yeah, four hundredth career point and three hundred sixth career game. Eighth player in history to reach the milestone for his twenty third birthday. That is. That's pretty nice. That's a nice card. So that will be getting. I'll be putting that in a hard case. It's too bad that they're too big for the freaking snap cases, though. Right. <laughs> Uh, Anthony Duclair from uh, the extended series, the upper deck from this year. All right, that's the All Star jersey, right? Yeah, same as the Shea Weber. Uh, nice. Um, then we got uh, Taylor Motti. Okay. Mott. Adam Lowry. Got it. 
in the reverse. Oh, the reverse retro. Another all star card. Uh, then a Carey Price Upper Deck Winter card. <laughs> okay. It's just a dumb insert. I can't I can't wait until they come out with the summer card for the 2020. Yeah. Ah, Jose Teodor. Here we go, baby. That's a cool picture. That is a nice picture. I always like those upward pictures. Uh, and so, well, it's a run of Panthers. As we got uh, Soupy, Ryan Campbell. All right. In that unnecessary piping Florida Panthers jersey. As well as uh, Sean uh, Bergenheim. Nice. And then we end out on a high note. This what year is this? 95-96 Pinnacle. Mario Lemieux. Wow. So, there you go. That's pretty, a pretty nice pack. Some pack. That's a good uh, a good mixture of cards. Good mixture of eras, too. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That was a... That's what a mystery pack should be. A mystery pack should be like, hey, we're going to give you like three or four really cool cards, and there's going to be like a bunch of other cards from all over the place. Mm-hmm. You're going to get some duds in here. Believe believe us. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you got to average it out. Right. And the thing with this is that they they collected so much extended series, and the extended series, like once, like I bought a blaster box of it, and once you get like a couple, couple, uh, packs in like it starts to repeat on itself and it's like uh yeah. keep getting like it's like that one pack i had two joe thorntons but one was super off centered and the other wasn't <laughs> so yeah that kind of mcdavid's nice yep it's, it's in a hard case and we're ready to go nice work that was quick yeah baby well they're right by my they're right by my side for when i do my box break streams never on twitch smart yeah because, yeah, I don't have that kind of... I was looking at box, like, the, they had a box of 2020-2021 AHL cards for, like, 50 bucks. I'm like, uh, and they're, like, 10, 12 cards per pack, 10 packs in a box. I'm like, ah, yeah. Yeah, no. Man, so that's the most up. interesting part to cards for me, is, like, how expensive they are now, like, as yeah. a whole. Like, if I want one singular card, and I know that that card's rare, like that, uh, like the Willie O'Ree uh, authentic uh, signature and game used like love card that I got, like right, I was willing to spend to spend like fifty bucks on that one card because I was like, I want this singular card, and that I know is rare. It's three of fifteen, you mm-hmm. know, sold, but like just randomly buying a box for 50 bucks of AHL players that you'll get 120 cards out of like, and they, they guarantee one autograph and one like memorabilia card. But it's just like, even then, like who's going to be the autograph. Yeah. That's interesting. But God, these are expensive now. Like, I don't know how kids could get into cards now, unless you were using the like top skate app where you're just not paying for anything really. Right. And and I mean, you look you look at things too in uh, the card world. It's just like kids aren't getting into it. It's like growing up people with disposable income have to. Yeah. Um, let me see here. So I'm looking at Dave and Adams uh, card world, which is kind of a kind of the uh, premier, I guess you want to say one of the premier ones, a box of uh, 
Where are we at here? No, that's OPG. So series two, 24 packs, 24 pack box. Ooh, that's actually 50 bucks. 24 packs, series two, upper deck from last season. That's actually really good. Okay, hold on a minute. But then you get to this one. 2019-2020. Uh, the uh, upper deck, the cup hockey hobby box. This includes two autograph patch cards per box. Uh, you can look for rookie patch autographs. Uh, collect logo autograph booklets. Look for 2014-15 rookie auto patch tributes. Collect sculpted sticks. And more. Um, so they have auto patch tribute cards numbered to 10. Rookie and veterans numbered to 35. Uh, big time booklet cards. Exquisite hits. Da 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 da. Uh, so it's a big it's a big set. I'm trying to find out the actual details. It's probably uh, super expensive. And that's what I'm getting at here. I'm trying to find how many how many box how many cards come in a pack of this one. It doesn't look like much. Three. Uh, <laughs> right? Don't say that because there are some that do that. I know. Uh, so th- this one is one thousand ninety nine dollars and ninety five cents. Jeez. But you're guaranteed to get collectible patch. Like, you're guaranteed to get autographs and patches and stuff like that. But still, 2018-19 uh, Upper Deck Ingrained Hockey Hobby Box. And I've seen, I've seen pictures of this. And it's got, like, there's one set of cards that has, like, uh, there was an Ovechkin that has, like, the Con Smythe. Like, the same kind of medallion that goes on the Con Smythe. Something like that is in there. Um, but, like, these are high-end. So it's six cards per pack. One pack per box. Oof. Ten boxes per case. Okay. A box of this for six cards. Two ninety nine ninety five. Wow. Box break on average three autographed or memorabilia cards, one insert card, and two faux wood base set cards. It, so it, within six cards every one of them is a something in that is a something yeah yeah which i guess you know paying the money if if you bought all singular then maybe but still that's a that's a lot of money a lot of money so you know interesting something there um but yeah why is series one of 2019 2020 upper deck Hobby box. Like fucking $12 more than series two of last year. I don't get it. Price market's fucked up. <laughs> or you can get the uh, hockey hit parade. Um, 2021-22. So this year. And it's a box out of 100. An incredible autograph card per box. 100 hand at number of boxes. Loaded with superstars. So you get one card for $129.99. Jeez. Is what it looks like. Every, bo- every box contains one autograph card featuring some of the best stars. Da 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 da. That's, wow, that's amazing. It's amazing, man. I don't get it. I, I don't understand. We really should have Sean on because with uh, Doc, Doc Breaks. Doc Breaks. He wouldn't know. He's more of a. Baseball and baseball is even fucking ins- more insane. Yeah, like let's look look baseball cards. But you can find those in stores. Like I saw some in Walmart. So uh, 
a Topps Heritage high number baseball hobby box um, from this past season, 2021. Uh, $99. So that's, that's, that's not terrible. Not terrible. Comparatively speaking. Sure. Scroll down a little bit. That's 201. Uh, Panini Sculpt Spectra Hobby Box, $299.99. Mosaic, $94.99. Oh, here we go. 2020 Bowman Sapphire Baseball Hobby Box, $800. Wow. $800 for the Bowman Sapphire. One autograph card per box. One Sapphire parallel per box. Look for an autograph of Jason Dominguez. Let's go. It's a hundred and it's a the the card sets hundred and fifty cards, um, and they just have a checklist, so you have to buy the packs. So for eight hundred bones, uh, doesn't say what card per box, huh? Yeah, no, why would you? Uh, nope, doesn't say card per box. Awesome, thanks guys. Really get you. Do you remember when we were young and you were like, "Oh, I have to pay thirty dollars for that entire set." Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, yeah dude. I don't know. I just I might just I might just buy a bunch of like 400 packs and open them all up in my room for 30 bucks. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> well, like these these mystery pa- packs are 93 cents each and you buy three, you get the fourth one three free. Nice. So it's a good gamut if you can get it. All right. Uh, let's get to some injuries. All right. Injuries. We've got injuries. Oh, yeah. Who's down and out with some blues? Maybe some black and bruised. It's the Face Off Hockey Show Injury Reports. Um, man, we'll start off with a bad one last night. Jujar Kara just got laid out, man. Yeah. Jacob Truba with a big hit on him. Yeah. And in all honesty, seem clean. <laughs> that's uh, that's kind of what I was gonna say too. Yeah. Like I, I watched it today. Like, I mean, if unless you're not asking for Truba to make that hit at all, yeah. Like I I don't see what else he could have done to not concuss the dude. Yeah, Kara was had his head down, and that was just a heavy hit. And, and he Car- didn't even move into it. All he did was take like one stride. Yeah. So it's exactly. not like he was moving or anything. No. Um. So just hit hard, and Kara was, you know, has issues with concussions too. It's just not fun for a 27 year old. But uh, he's at a hospital. That's the most important thing. Obviously, no timetable for his return, as uh, they're going to play uh, play it safe with him. Um. And best wishes to him going forward. That was that was that was tough to watch, at, you know, because immediately when he hit when he got hit, it's like oh he went into boxer's pose real quick. So, uh, Jake Gunsel upper body injury. He's week to week, but aren't we all? Mitch Marner's got a shoulder injury. He's week to week as well. Blow for the uh, the uh, Leafs. Uh, Ryan Getzlaff lower body injury. He is week to week. Uh, Igor uh, Shishkin. Lower body injury. He's on the IR as the uh, the New New York Rangers are starting. Um, yeah, starting a, a super a, a third string goalie tonight in that. All right. Adam Huska gets his NHL debut. Nice in this one. 
Uh, also, Brendan Gallagher and Sammy Niku have COVID. They are out for 10 days at least for the Montreal Canadiens. So that was like the end of last week. So should be coming up soon. Uh, suspensions. Jason Spezza um, suspended six games for his hit on Neil Pionk. Oh, man. Um, really going to hurt his Calder chances. Yeah, this was like one night after I think he scored two goals in the same game. And I was watching the uh, Toronto Barleys versus Laval Rocket. And the Toronto News Network was talking about how great Jason Spezza was playing recently. And that, uh, and that he was a, a great addition for the Leafs. He scored goals and then boom, headshot. Boom. Uh, so, yeah, knee, knee upside the head of Neil Pionk. Uh, and then Neil Pionk was suspended two games for his hit on Rasmus Sandin. In the same game. So violence. Violence happening. Truculence. Uh, yeah, knee on knee situation. Ian Cole, however, was only max allowable for uh. his knee hit uh kneeing on Mark Shifley. So you know, as the hockey thing turns. Uh hey Johnny Patreon, we got a Patreon. Yep. Patreon.com slash face off hockey show. You can contribute to the show. You can make things happen. You can give us some money, and you get some things. If you get a give a dollar, you get to you get to have the you can guess on the trades. You can uh, you can watch the video show. If you give five dollars, you get you get all that. Plus, you get the the pick the segment, and maybe sometime we'll do an audio extra show for you. Who's to say? Could be today. Probably won't be. Could be. Probably not. Uh, but you can be like Pat, Jeff, Kevin, Matthew, Damon, Mark, Ethan, Trista, Chris, Rob, Seanimich. They contribute, so can you. It's Face Off Hockey Show on Patreon, patreon.com. So that's Face Off Hockey Show. Um, had a tie, Johnny, this week. Okay. So we're going to talk one of them with Lyle. We're going to talk one of them right here, right now. Sounds great. Much like the song. Which we can't play or else we'll get dinged on uh, the uh, tubes. Yeah, and if I start singing, it'll be too close. Right here, right now, right. That um. So let's talk about this one. Tossing taxi squads back out there as a thing. Okay. So with the COVID going on, uh-huh. and some teams dealing with uh, the COVIDs in a big way, the idea was thrown out there that possibly, maybe, quite frankly, perhaps. We bring back taxi squads, even because there's also AHL teams who have been fighting the COVID as well. Right. So you have this taxi squad of uh, however many players and a goalie, and then you're ready to go. Uh, according to Greg Wyshynski of ESPN, formerly of Puck Soup, um, he, uh, he said that the NHL and NHLPA have not talked about taxi squads, so emergency backups are going to be all the rage here. Perfect. Your thoughts on the taxi squad idea, I guess, put into practice from last season and possibly making a comeback this season. See, I feel like the taxi squad worked last season because the AHO wasn't like, we're going to play a full season. Sure. (laughs) You know, like it allowed for these players to be on a taxi squad and not really play. But like, as a general manager or even a coach in the NHL, like, do you want players that should be playing in the AHL and getting game time and getting all the reps and everything, just kind of like sitting on a taxi squad and flying around with the team and, you know, being a part of the NHL team, but not 
not really. You know, like an emergency basis, like, oh, no, we have 42 people that got COVID last night. Let's bring on the taxi squad. You know, like, I, from my perspective, I feel like it worked in a situation where the AHL wasn't playing like they are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I would want it. Like, for example, Cole Caulfield, right? If you take Cole Caulfield out of the lineup earlier in the season, do you put him on the taxi squad so that he's still part of Montreal? Or do you send him down to Laval so that he can play some games and come back up? And if you're sending him to Laval, like what are the repercussions of when he comes back up? Does he have to like go through the taxi squad? Does he just come back on a team? Like, I feel like there are way too many moving pieces in this year's NHL build. Than to than to be like, ooh, taxi squads. Uh oh. We have breaking news. Hold on a second. If I reach for my phone real quickly, I have breaking news music. The Arizona Coyotes have until 5 p.m. Mountain Time on December 20th to, to pay the remaining debt. If it does not settle up in that time, the city of Glendale has instructed the arena management to lock out the team. Oh, this is so good. We'll talk about this a little later, but this from Katie Strang of The Athletic. Katie Strang on top of it. By the way, she's fantastic. She is fantastic. I love some Katie Strang. She is on it. Um, Yeah, she's great. She is fantastic. So... Katie's trying to get in that. We'll get into that a little bit because we were going to talk about that after this. So, teaser. But I'm with you on the taxi squad thing. I think it, it, it's interesting because I've, I subscribed to Casimir Cascasulo's YouTube channel. And he used to play for... Um, he started in the, in the bubble when he was the third goalie for the Leafs. And he was also part of the taxi squad for the Predators last season. And the Predators had their the Milwaukee Admirals weren't playing. They they didn't they shut it up the season. Um, the Chicago Wolves were like kind of the split affiliate for the Predators. And I always wondered, and I uh, I should ask him in the comments section, um, which never go to the comments section by the way. No. Um, would he have benefited better from playing in the AHL or? being up with the taxi squad, pra- only practicing. I, for, for a guy like him, who I think is mid to late 20s, would it have benefited him more to play, or was he in that old enough range? Because you bring up a good point in Cole Caulfield. If he gets shoved to the taxi squad, he's just practicing. Almost, It's almost like a healthy scratch situation. Yeah, it's almost worse, I feel. Yeah. So I wonder if a guy, an older guy like Cascasulo, who's you know been in the minors for some time, has his development doing what it is, now he's over in Sweden playing for Lexan. Um, would it have benefited him more if he had played in the AHL just to get game action rather than just sit on the bench? Uh, maybe sometimes if he was the third goalie um, and just be the taxi squad guy. I, I wonder that. I wonder if you reach a point, though, where you're kind of like, I know that my NHL dream is over. Yeah. Um, and... The only way that I will play in the NHL is if I hang out on this taxi squad and hope for the best, right. you know, type of thing. Like in that situation, I almost wonder if it was better off for his like career to ever get a chance to play in the NHL to 
stick around and be part of the taxi squad. So maybe it works fine for older players. Sure. <laughs> and I say older as in like 28. Yeah. But I just don't see how that benefits a young player that you just don't want to have in the lineup. I, I feel like I feel like you have to send a young player to a minor league team, get a different voice in his head, you know, pump up his ego a little bit, let him score some goals, see the puck going into net, making passes, skating well, you know, all that jazz, and then bring him back up. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't see taxi squads ever working in a situation unless the AHL is not really playing games. Right. Shuttered down for lack of a better term. I don't know. It, it is an interesting conundrum because you don't want to, if your AHL team's affected and you have injuries, you're kind of fucked. I mean, in that instance, that's fine. But that's, that you 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 know, guys who are older, I think that's where you, that you're, um, you're, you're, uh, you're Keith Coins. Yeah. You're Sheldon Surrey. You're old guys who are just, get, only have an AHL only contract. Like, this is the final straw for them. So, yeah. I think it's. I think impre- uh, the idea is is a good idea. I mean, you have. I at that point, just say we're expanding the roster so you can have like thirty guys instead of twenty three. See, I think it's an idea. Mm-hmm. I think it's an idea that was brought up and it was used in a situation that's far different re- than what we are currently in. And somebody's just going, "Hey, it worked last year," and we were like, "Shut the fuck up!" Like, God, what are you saying? You're it's like apples and oranges right now. You can't just it's not a plug and play type thing like, oh, that, I mean, as soon as COVID comes back, it's taxi squad time. I mean, it oh, doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> COVID means taxi time. Let's go. There are no bad ideas, but that was terrible. Yes. <laughs> You're an idiot, Dave. <laughs> um, like Tad Lasso would say I shouldn't bring an umbrella to a brainstorm. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, there we go. Taxi squads, smart idea, depending on the moment. The, all right, some, some higher, I want to wait till Mark gets on. Cause I'm guarantee, I guarantee you he's not heard this story yet. Uh, unless he looks at my Twitter that I retweeted. Is it the, uh, Bruce Boudreaux story about forgetting pants? No. Cause the, I've heard that this week. That the was Arizona, fantastic. The Arizona Coyotes one. Oh uh, no. Yeah. We can hold that off for Mark. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So. Um, the yeah, Bruce Boudreaux was fired. Everybody, he was hired. He was hired. Tra- tra- Trevor, Trevor Green, Travis Green was fired. Yeah, Bruce Boudreaux was hired. Uh-huh. Jim Benning was fired, and they're searching for someone, possibly Mark Bergevin, to fill the GM spot. <laughs> right, obviously. Because why not? Why not? <laughs> because everything's recyclable, and we'll talk about that. That's our second. He doesn't have to quarantine. Yeah, it was. It's true. Uh, it's our second Patreon pick. We'll talk to Lyle about about the uh, just the maximization of recycling and management. So uh, Green out, um, his coaching staff out, Boudreaux in, Scott Walker in as well. Benning out, search ahead for that for GM for the Canucks. Uh, Elaine Vigneault out, Mike Yo interim head coach now for the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, and uh, yeah, way howdy on that one. Um. We will. Who's this? Anything I need to know? No, it's probably Route One. Um, the Forbes list came out. Oh, nice. Forbes list. We have a Forbes list. 
the uh, number one team for valuation, the New York Rangers. Seventh wow. straight year, they are top. Nice. They're the first team to be valued at two billion dollars. Uh, all I heard about was how much money everybody was losing. Right? It's amazing. Um, all the teams increased a little bit this year. Um, with the uh, the even the Coyotes increased forty percent. Well, they're not paying their bills. That's the problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're pocketing <laughs> this money. Um, top five stays the same: Rangers, Leafs, Canadians, Blackhawks, and Bruins. Edmonton Oilers jumped up a hundred percent from their uh, one-year change. They are at the one point one billion dollar mark. Nice. Over the last five years, they've jumped one hundred and forty-seven percent in their valuation. That's fantastic. Is uh, tied with the New York Islanders for top spot. Uh, bottom five, uh, we've got the Senators, Sabres, Blue Jackets, Panthers, and Coyotes. Wow. Senators actually up 22%. Sabres up 30% somehow. I feel like Blue- the Panthers should be up. but uh, Yeah, Blue Jackets up 53, Panthers up 53, Coyotes up 40 from last year, which obviously COVID helped. But over the last five years, uh, Columbus up 94% and Florida up 91%. So hot numbers. Gotta like that. Going ahead. Uh, Also, I wrote about this today and forgot to ruin it because my work is a hellscape right now. Uh Uh, China, given the okay to play hockey, even though they lost both games the IHF was watching in November. I saw that. Uh, So... China is now going to face off against Germany, Canada, and the U.S. in their uh, first, uh, first uh, the group. Um, if the NHLs play, play. We... I mean, we have to think at this point that the NHLs not going, right? Yeah, yeah. I would. Well, no one said nothing yet. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like all the federations have two teams. Yeah, essentially. Currently, that they're yeah. like, all right, tell us which one we're calling. Right. Let's get ready to go. By the way, found a found a uh, USA hockey jersey that I looked at the, at the Shields, which is the sporting goods store up here. Nice. That's cool. And uh, and I'm like, ooh, because it's the same one that the women's use. And I'm like, ooh, I'll have to call I have to call Jen's uh, uh, embroidering guy to see if he has the USA nameplate and stuff. Myself a Lacey Eaton jersey. Nice. There you go. That's Mike is piked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is it? It's up. Yeah. I could hear uh, you going into your filing cabinet. Picks up a yes, lot. Microphone late night, late night filings. Yeah. Uh, Is it still hot? You're fine. Yeah, you're fine now. Okay. Microphones pick up everything. Mark, we're glad you're here. Yeah. Because the story that just broke. Oh snap. Um. What is that? That's a, some elf bad elf just broke. Bad elf just definitely broke. So. Um, that was time for Christmas. There we go. I got to log into my athletic account. The city of Glendale has been thre- has threatened to lock out the Arizona Coyotes due to delinquent tax bills and unpaid arena charges. Oh my word! The Coyotes, according to the notice, have until 5 p.m. December 20th <laughs> to pay the outstanding to get evicted <laughs> as well as a tax bill. If they do not settle up the remaining debt, the city of Glendale has instructed ASM, which is the management company, to deny, to deny team employees access to the arena and the offices within the arena 
used as administrative space, arena vendors would also be locked out. I'll tell you what. This sounds like the basis for a fantastic Christmas movie. <laughs> a Hallmark? Uh, maybe Hallmark. I mean, there's Chad strife. Stavos is probably in it. There's people about to get kicked out of their house. Uh, what else is there? I'm sure there's a villain somewhere in this. It's probably the people not paying their rent, but <laughs> Gary Bettman. Gary, I mean, yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be a fantastic made-for-TV movie one day. If what? So what happens here if the Coyotes can't play? I mean, Gary Bettman's gotta front them the money, right? Like Daddy Bettman is gonna front oh, yeah. the money so that they can play. Fans just stay in the stands, and they're like, "Let yeah. them play, let them play," and you can't lock the doors with the fans in there. You know, I mean, this is Kevin, Kevin, this is what the war chest is for, right? Don't the owners have yeah. to pony up here and help them out? Uh, city of Glendale is owed approximately two hundred fifty thousand in unpaid city taxes. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars. What? Jesus! They should just call. Uh, what is it? Cash Now USA. Right. Uh, they, they're on the something. NHL network. All oh, the time. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, sorry. Here we go. December 3rd, uh, the Arizona Department of Revenue filed tax lien against, uh, of notice against the Maricopa County <sighs> tax lien notice in Maricopa County against Ice Arizona Hockey LLC, the company that owns the Coyotes, for more than $1.3 million in unpaid state and city taxes. City of Glendale, which has been uh, locked in a lengthy dispute with the Coyotes over delinquent bills, has notified. ASM, uh, which is uh, the, uh, I don't know what that is, that they don't give me anything. Uh, oh, the Gila River Management Company. And Ty- Coyotes team president Xavier Gutierrez of the cancellation of the Coyotes business license. Okay. So 250 in unpaid city taxes and then the other uh, 1.1 million for the state. All right. So here's how where I'm struggling Okay. To, to understand this. Sure. <clears throat> they are paying... A million dollars of Darcy Kemper's salary. They are paying nine hundred and ninety thousand dollars for five at least five years of Oliver Ekman Larson's salary. That's one million nine hundred and ninety thousand dollars just this year. <laughs> and they bought out Michael Grabner for one point two million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Um and how how much do they owe to stay in their building? Uh two hundred two hundred fifty at least for the city. Oh my god. They can give two shits about the state. Um, it's insane. It's insane. It's that, and how, how is this a story? Who does who doesn't have two hundred fifty thousand dollars <laughs> in a professional sports organization to keep the doors Obviously, open and the lights on? Xavier Gutierrez had to close up some Olay Pizza places, and he's fucked. Uh, so yeah, the first first Arizona home game following the deadline is the twenty third against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Coyotes, which have the right to an informal hearing on the matter, should uh, should they file a written request within 10 days, did not immediately respond for comment. Uh, Phelps, uh, Kevin Phelps said that he called NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman to inform him of the situation, and a league spokesman did not immediately respond to the email. Um, of course, we all know that the Coyotes are booted after this season anyway from Gila River, and as, er, as uh, late as last week, we had rumors that the... Uh, the Coyotes would be sold to an Ari- to a Houston group, move to Houston, and have a new arena built. Wow! It, it, it might be for it. next year. Uh huh. It might be. It might start January first, twenty twenty two. Yeah, exactly. They're going to be on the road. It's going to be the Houston Coyotes starting December twenty third. Uh, <laughs> Merry they, Christmas! Couldn't they Christmas just Sunday. tell Phil Kessel to like? Just you're not going to get this paycheck this week. 
I wonder when that's happening. I wonder. Yeah, that's the next step already. (laughs) Salaries are not being paid to players. Phil Kessel owes the Coyotes. Isn't this Slapshot three or four? That's this is definitely the plot of like Slapshot four. The players start not getting paid and they revolt. The team has to move to Houston. It's like a mashup of every great sports movie from the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Just oh, missing man. the horse's name is Friday. <laughs> uh, my God. So this, this is amazing. The Coyote story just keeps coming. Like, like I'm actually, just, I feel like I'm going to be sad when they move to Houston. Right. And there's well, like stability. Mm, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Tillman Fertitta's got that cash money, bro. So why did they originally leave? So let's think about this. They left Winnipeg. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, because, owner. because Winnipeg was a small market and they weren't going to get a new arena. And how are the Winnipeg Jets doing now? They have a small arena and they're doing fine. It's <laughs> in so the middle of downtown that was built for their AHL team, but it seems to work out well for them. Okay, so... But here's but the, 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 biggest, the biggest bugaboo and the thing that was the death kneel for this team is moving out to the far burbs. Like moving out to Glendale out of Phoenix proper. So, you know. Unless everybody knows there is no Arizona. I don't know, though. I mean, being downtown in Phoenix versus being, I don't know how, how far away Glendale is, like 45 minutes maybe? I think so, yeah. Like, it's not, it's not really that big a deal in my opinion. But you've lived in like Bethesda, right? You never, you never were like, all right, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go out and, uh, you know what? I just want to go see the Orioles play tonight. I'm going to, I'm going to drive an hour to Baltimore to see the Orioles play. Well, like, see, see, here's you never the really just like flip the it, switch, right? If, if you live I'm, in the city, yeah, you're like, you know what? I'm going to go to the Orioles game tonight. And you just like walked out the street and you bought a ticket and you went to the Orioles game. But if I knew it was going to take 45 minutes as opposed to possibly taking twice that long, if not longer, because traffic around here sucks. And I'm sure that nobody is in the middle of Arizona doing anything ever. Then I would at least consider probably season tickets if I could afford them. And like the team, I mean, 45 minutes in the middle of Arizona is not the same as 45 minutes in DC because 45 minutes in DC could turn into three hours very easily. Yeah. The travel from downtown Phoenix to the Gila River Arena is uh, 35 minutes at 17.4 miles. Yeah, that's not bad. I'm sorry. What? How? Are they, how what are you doing like half the speed limit the entire way? Uh, there's construction. Okay. Construction. Okay. So it really should be like a 20-minute trip. Yeah. Like there's a cactus in the middle of the road. You yeah, gotta... <laughs> tumbleweed. You that's know, even worse. <laughs> it's even worse. Well, the, it's the construction's fault. So I the, see. They're trying to choke. The Arizona's trying to choke them out. Let's see, yeah, yeah. they're trying so, to keep people from getting there. Thirty-five minutes. Uh, twenty-five minutes on a regular to Glendale. Yeah, I guess if you cared, you know, and you'd be like, yeah, point. sure. Twenty-five minutes is nothing. Nothing. How many things are within twenty-five minutes of each other in in Arizona? In, in a in a metropolis. <laughs> Two things. Yeah. Yeah. Phoenix and this and this arena, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, most most things out there are at least like three hours away from each other. 
right? But man, oh man, Ashevitz, you got you gotta love the fact that this is still a thing. Eleven years later, twelve years later. Yeah, it started, it started. This all started, I think, in 2009. Probably even before that, when uh, before Red T- Redfield T bomb, Redfield yeah. bomb came on the scene in 2009. I feel yeah, like but that was after was they had already that. started going downhill. What's that? By the time Redfield T Bob was invited into this uh, storyline, oh, yeah. they had already started going downhill. That's true. Oh man, like this is Mark. This I mean, I'm looking forward to the tell-all book. Oh, I know this is going to be a great book for Craig uh, Craig S Morgan of the Arizona, uh, whatever Sports Arizona, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, man, 2009 bankruptcy and the attempts to sell. So it, the bankruptcy was the thing that kicked this all off. In December 2008, the media became aware the Coyotes were suffering massive losses and the NHL was paying the team's bills. Okay, well, this there, there is a precedent now. There you go. Uh, the media reports were minimized by Gary Bettman and Bill Daly. However, Jerry Moyes had, given, given, had secretly given operational control of the team to the league. And this enters Jerry's Reinsdorf and Jim Ball silly. Ah, oh, boy. The NHL responded by stripping Moyes of his remaining ownership authority. Oh, man. That was a time. Redfield team bomb came around. It was a great time for everybody. Now, in 2021. Still there. Like, we're not tired of it yet, though. No, I love every minute of it. I want more to happen. I want more of this to happen. I want them to stay in the in Arizona. And just hang out there. Um, With no place to live? Yeah. Uh, in, in February, The Athletic published a lengthy story about the Coyotes that detailed an organization rife with internal problems, including a toxic workplace environment, litany of financial issues, among other concerns. Delinquent bills and unpaid debts were a reoccurring theme, with several vendors complaining that they had not uh, been paid or pressured to accept a significantly reduced portion that was owed to them for service and or goods. So this has been going on for a while. And boy, howdy, are we just having a great time with this fucking Coyote squad. Jesus Christ. I love it. I love every minute of it. Mark, what do you think about Taxi Squad? Speaking of taking a taxi from Glendale over to uh, from Phoenix. What do you think about Taxi Squads? Are we still talking about that? I thought that was a last year thing. It's a new... Someone <laughs> those the ideas being floated out with the COVID cases coming up and then both being oh, on the AHL. Are we doing this again? Johnny, Johnny and I were of the same ilk. It's like that's a it was for the time it was great. Now not so much. I I no, I don't want to do this again. I know we have to, but um, okay, I guess because well, the only reason why the taxi squads really worked in the first place was because the AHL was shut down. Mm-hmm. So are they going to shut the AHL down again, or are they just going to find replacement players for the AHL teams? Because you can't carry like forty players around with you at the NHL level without really hurting your development of your prospects in the AHL. Hmm. True. Let's see. Sorry, I had a work thing to do. But yeah, I mean, and Johnny and I brought it to the point where you get the older guys, like the twenty, twenty, thirty-year-olds, the guys who are Keith the coin, like you just put them on the taxi squads, and then away you go. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan. I don't, I don't think... Just mm, in general, you're not a I fan. I think, I th- 
Well, we the protocol. See, the other thing with the taxi squads last year, there was no protocol established yet. Everybody was still flying by the seat of their pants. Now we've seen, you know, an entire NFL season essentially go off with test official testing protocol. And then if somebody tests positive, you here's what you do, mm-hmm. right? So you can have the AHL players playing. As, at this point, there are no travel restrictions. I can't. I really hope there aren't any. The other thing about the travel or the taxi squad was that you know with travel restrictions between states that were going on earlier this year and last year, that was why the players had to, to stay together. Fucking John and I know all about that. With all the uh, NAHL stuff going on. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I hope it doesn't come to that, honestly. But I can understand now, after talking through it together, why that might be an issue. As a, as a people, you're talking through it together. So. Yeah. That's how we are. Cool. Glad on that. And then, yeah, Coyote's goodness all day, every day. Love it. So, Mark, did you uh, were you a good host to uh, Johnny? I don't know. You'd have to ask him. Johnny, was he a good host to you? <laughs> yeah, he gave me a lot of beer. That's good. Yeah, yeah, it's had, true. We had fun. Much like the Swiss flag, that's a big plus. Yeah, we had big a uh, we had a beverage. I want to say at at ten or ten thirty when the soccer game started mm. uh, in the morning. I was telling Scotty how I learned all about Among Us. Yep, and John knows all about Among Us now. Sure, I wouldn't. Because Hudson, uh, that kid, man. Definitely sus. Very sus. That child. <laughs> yeah, it was good times, though. Yeah. Good times. Nice. Yeah. Good work. Yeah. Did, did and they, you... they didn't wake you up, right, John? Yeah, not that I know of. Where you got maybe that's why you're sick, Johnny. You were hanging around kids. That, that is be, yeah. extremely true. They were I mean they were both kind of sick when you were here. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. But then they're per- perpetually sick, so it's true. true. Yeah. It's called school. <clears throat> yeah. Uh man, oh man. I'm glad that did you have somebody else? Did you bring somebody else in the fold and it could be like a my three dad situation? <laughs> I mean the there were contractors there. Doing uh, windows and doors, so I mean, I don't know, I don't know if that counts, but was one of them Steve Gutenberg? Because it could have been. <laughs> so unfortunately, no. That's a shame. He probably would have gotten the job done quicker. What is Steve Gutenberg up to? I wonder. Let's take a look. Uh, Steve. No, we're It'd just be so good if he was like in Hallmark movies. Oh, I would love that. Mark, you playing Hallmark movies now? Yeah, they're on all the time at my house and baking shows. It's Hallmark movies and baking shows. Um, all right, he's been in. He's been in a couple movies, uh, in the last year. So, uh, he was in Roe versus Wade as Justice uh, Franklin Powell Jr. That came out in 2020. Uh, he was in a movie called Original Gangster named John Baptiste <laughs> Philippe. And he was in because that's what I think when I think Steve Gutenberg. He was uh, he was uh, in something called Rifkin's Festival. Wait, original gangsters isn't that the uh, Tracy Mo- Tracy Morgan show? Is it? I don't know. It's it's a, I think it's a sitcom starring Tracy Morgan. That makes more sense. 
Okay. Anyway. He's also in something called Paper Empire. I don't know what that is. It's a flimsy empire. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I hope they're just printing money. It's a counterfeit it's a money ring. It's a TV program uh, with Denise Richards, Robert Davi, and Steve Gutenberg as uh, as Saul. You better call him. Anyway, so yeah, that's what Steve Gutenberg is up to now. Sadly, not a contractor. Is there a movie called Les Bomb? What's this? Uh oh. What is this movie, Les Bomb? It's a comedy drama or a dramedy that has a young woman living in Jersey City travels back to her hometown in Ramsey, New Jersey for Thanksgiving. She has a secret, though. She is a closeted lesbian who has not yet come up to her dysfunctional and conservative family, finally deciding to do so by inviting her lover, Haley. To meet the par- at the parents' house. Things take a turn when Laura's male roommate Austin shows up, and Laura's parents mistake him for her boyfriend. Hilarity mm. oh, and sounds wacky. Oh boy, it's Steve Gutenberg's in it. <laughs> Steve Gutenberg shows up with a robot. It's I really. Got- Eighty-nine percent in Rotten Tomatoes. You say shows up with a robot. I was gonna say I hope he shows up with the guy who made sound effects from Police Academy. <laughs> It's roughly the same. Yeah. Although was that uh that wasn't Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, it was Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, please. Yeah. I keep getting him and Judge Reinhold mixed up. Easy to do. They do look alike. They're very similar looking. And played a lot of similar bad parts. And he's all <laughs> bad parts. Um gone at the worst time because I gotta make a call to work apparently. Uh oh. So, so now we're just kinda waiting until kinda wait for Lyle to come on and then we can Oh, there's Mark. Start talking. There's Mark again. Mark back again. Yeah, Cloris Leachman in that Les uh, that Les bomb too. Who the hell? Uh, Cloris Leachman and Kevin Pollak. Also wow. in this. One. Say, I haven't uh, heard much from Kevin Pollak. Yeah, no, he did. He did like a roast show and then kind of fell off the, the earth a little bit. Then a few good men, you know, all the stuff. All right. Well, yeah, I gotta talk. I gotta call work. You guys talk amongst yourselves for a bit. I'll give you a topic. Phoenix Coyotes. Man, like, really? <laughs> well, I mean, we could probably talk about the Olympics some if we want to. Sure. For a little bit, and then Lyle will be on. And then we could, uh, I mean, we got we got jerseys. What's new about the Olympics? Recycling. Well, Scotty mentioned earlier in the show that China is going to be allowed to play in the Olympics. But uh, we were kind of talking through at this point. Um NHL can't be going to the Olympics anymore, right? I I don't I don't know. Well, what are are you referring to COVID or are you referring to something else? Yeah, I mean just all the COVIDness. Uh, just the, the all NHL of the additional right COVID. Right yeah, now. like I feel like they could use this as a as a like, ha ha ha, we're not going to the Olympics. Too much COVID. We told you guys. Well, yeah, we we absolutely uh, called. The fact that it was a possibility that they would leverage this situation in their benefit. And as Lyle has said multiple times, it is in the owner's benefit. And look at that right on time. It is in the owner's benefit to not go to the Olympics or not have the players go to the Olympics. So 
Uh, everything. Uh, it, it, I, I'm not going to go so far as to say that Gary Bettman invented the Omicron uh, variant, but it is certainly playing in his favor. Yes. And uh, while Scotty's still on phone on the phone with work, uh, we will bring in <laughs> Lyle Richardson to uh, talk about the Olympics. We're talking about China is allowed to play in the Olympic hockey tournament. They, because, uh, because they're allowed. Go ahead. Nope, that's all <laughs> I'm going to say. They're just allowed. The IAHF has decided that China can play. They get pumped from either the NHLers or the non NHLers. Because every group needs a roadkill team. Yeah, pretty much. Every group, there's always one, you know? Well, I'm, I mentioned it. South Korea, the last one, they didn't get out of the qualifying round and they had three goals the entire tournament. I mean, you know. Italy was was a doormat for a while too, you know. It, it, uh-huh. You know, till till they started, you know, getting uh, uh, Canadian and American-born uh, 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 players of Italian heritage to uh, come over and play for them and that sort of thing. So, you know, it, for the longest time, that's what Germany used to do. You know, uh, a lot of lot of whole lot of Canadians of German heritage. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah, for a long time. Um, so yeah. But I mean, what what are you going to do? I mean, China's a host country and they're the most powerful nation on earth. Sorry, America. <laughs> uh, but it's oh, but it's true. You know, as Kurt Angle would say, it's true. Um, yeah. Dad, what are you going to do? Piss them off? You know, <laughs> I mean, you've already gone to show how how enfeebled your response, you know, both and Canada, too, by going, we're not sending our diplomats to the Olympic Games, but our athletes can still go. Wow, geez, yeah, boy, you really showed them. <laughs> Got them, guys. Got them. So yeah, they're they're going to get they're going to get stomped like grapes. I I I think that um, the uh, probably whoever their opponents are going to be. Well, I think they play the United States right US, off the bat. Germany and is it Canada? I think In Canada as well. I know they're playing Canada. I think their third game. I think. And then Germany is the second game. Right. I thought it was. I thought they were playing the states first. Yeah, the states are the first game, and yes. then it's Germany, then Canada. Then Germany, then Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think there's probably going to be a, a kind of a mercy rule put in there. It's like, okay, look, we know that we we need to have this. Like most goals, will determine, you know, if it came down to play it down. But I think if we get to ten guys, you know, oh, fuck yeah. pump them. <laughs> what's the What's the all time record? I think in Olympic competition was it thirty five nothing? Canada crushed somebody. Great Britain or something, I think, is the the record. That sounds right. well. That sounds like revenge, really. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. No, no. Canada doesn't need revenge over over Britain. We love Britain. It's not like you guys. Remember, we stayed loyal when you guys broke away. <laughs> yeah, right. You guys did really out on that one. Um, <laughs> yes. Until 1982, before we finally oh. repatriated our constitution, for Christ's sake! Come on, yeah. we love Britain. <laughs> Canada just didn't realize that it had occurred because the internet wasn't invented. Right? True. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> I'm trying to find yeah. here for a minute. Uh, well, see, this is, isn't this the problem, though, with, like, the, the, the final Sunday of EPL, right? Because you don't know if you need the goals for goal differential until it's too late. Right? <laughs> That's why all the games get played at the same time on the last Sunday. Yeah, in the English Premier League. So, what if Canada needs a win and they need like plus three goal differential, but the United States has already beaten China by twenty from if, you know if, ten to one? 
reaches that point for Canada, Mark. They don't deserve. <laughs> and I say that as Canadian. They don't deserve. Like, pack your shit and go home, lads. So you just uh, you just embarrassed yourselves. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. That was in... Wait, hold on. Is that the Olympic Games? Hold on a minute. Because uh, I'm looking at Canada's biggest victory. Um, nope, that was Amateur Hockey Championship. Don't have anything... Uh, I- yeah. 48 Winter Olympics, USA beat Italy 31 to 1. That's what it was. Sorry, I don't know why I thought my, I, somewhere I thought Canada was in there too against Canada Britain beat Denmark the next year in the World Hockey Championships 47 to nothing. Okay, that's what it was. I thought it was in the Olympics. Sorry. And then, bad. of course, uh, the biggest <laughs> blowout was Slovakia beating, uh, and this was pre Olympic qualifying uh, in women's hockey Slovakia 82, Bulgaria 0. Mm, didn't even spot him one. Oh, sorry. Uh, because of the level of play, the in the U18 tourney in 1998, South Korea's women's team won 92 to nothing over Thailand. <laughs> That's uh, a goal, more than a goal a minute. That's exactly insane. like like seriously, seriously. How the hell is that? Like, did they just not know how to skate? Period. That's all. Obviously, they never. You have to figure that the goaltender. You don't really need to skate. Just wear just wear boots, and you can at least make a I few will, saves. I will Come say on. this, Lyle, because as uh, doing doing the uh, the Chesapeake Hockey Week, I cover women's D two hockey in in the club form, mm-hmm. and there are times where you're wondering, did this team just not show up? Yeah. Um. And it's because of roster size. It could be just of skill level. Um, I mean, Towson Towson lost ten to nothing many a times this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and the like the Delaware Blue Hens are sick pumping teams like eighteen nothing. Like it's it, it's <laughs> it's definitely a skill level. And you know, Thailand and Bulgaria not necessarily known for their hockey. Um, but you know, who's to say? Um, you know, that's a bit, those are a big dressing down, but you know, what's not a dressing down the stadium series jerseys that were revealed this week. Um, let us, let us pray on these <laughs> ones because dear Lord, dear Lord, take <laughs> us away. Oh, Lord, 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 Jesus. Uh, so first off the Tampa Bay lightning. So this game is being taken place in uh, good old Nashville. Here's the Tampa Bay lightning, the Tampa Bay lightning jerseys. See, this is okay. I, I I don't hate it. I mean, it looks kind of silly, but other than that, it's fine. It's the right color scheme. But why? I, I don't understand why they need to go all out with these jerseys for teams that have only had like two logos to begin yeah, with. That's true. I do that's, appreciate how big the are uh, numbers are, though. Yeah, those are giant. We got to see them from the uh, the football stadium. So there's that one. It's simple. It's almost a takeoff of their old Bolts jerseys, the black ones. Now this one, Mark, have you seen this yet? Oh no! Uh-uh, uh-uh. The next ones. Oh, no. You've seen them. All right. I have. I want Johnny and Lyle to be quiet for a second. Oh yeah. No. Mark, eyes on the screen. Here's the Nashville Predators who is who are hosting this event. Here's their jerseys. Oh no! <laughs> That's terrible. But Smashville though. But it says Smashville. Yeah, but why? In like eight different lettered fonts, but why? Yeah, it looks. 
Oh my god, that's very you know you know how you know how Microsoft Word has that setting where you may it makes the margins the same no matter how many words and characters or spaces you have on each line. Yeah, looks like that's exactly what they try to do. Except it, instead of spacing out the letters a little bit more, they spaced out the letters themselves. Right. Normally, what you're supposed to do is just put a little bit more space between the letters, but keep the font the same. But these guys, they were like, "Fuck that." We're like just gonna stretch early, out that E way longer than everything else. It's like an early '90s hip hop album. So I've actually, time. I've actually seen this up close. I feel for the first time. I appreciate how the lower line of letters is on the uh, delineation of the yellow and blue, and the upper line of letters is not. Mm-hmm. And I oh, also yeah, the, appreciate the, oh, the top part of those letters is, is over top. Like, why, why don't you just make the yellow bar a little bit bigger? <laughs> <laughs> but I also uh, like how I also like how they have two different S's. Yeah, on the yeah, yeah. As well. is, is it possible? It, it's got to be possible. This is an optical illusion, right? Like the jersey. Nope. 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 How do we know? Well, if you stare at the three stars in the middle. Uh, no, I mean, like, it's possible that, like, because look at the little crinkle under the E. Like, it looks like the jersey is kind of folded over in a weird way. So uh, that the, the, no, all of the rest of the letters, except for the S and the H and the E, are facing, fa- they're facing us. But the, everything yeah, but that, else is kind of facing but, the other way. But that S cuts off next to the Eb. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it cuts off here. Like, that's Could literally it, how it's... You just put Smashville on the back neck collar... And yes. call it a day. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, by it's far awful. the greatest. Now, I want, the, I want if Smash Mouth were still a band, uh, and not Smash on the Mouth. Smash Mouth be the t-shirt when they go to Nashville. So. I kind of feel like I want to buy one of those jerseys for somebody as a Christmas gift. Sure. Yeah. It's like it's like the, uh, the, the Turd Burger jersey. Yeah. <laughs> now... Mark, we will uh, we will de- delineate this and show you it is not an optical illusion because that's the front facing. Oh yeah, that's bad. <laughs> that's bad. Oh well, hold on though. the 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 blue on the bottom also goes outside of the yellow, so yeah, that's good. It does, but still, you could have made it just a little bit bigger, or you could have made the font a little bit smaller. The, the captain's letters are literally touching the top yeah. of the H. Yeah, there's not enough room even. <laughs> I do. They, so, they clearly, they clearly didn't think about that. So they also, I also feel like they misspelled it at first, and then it was like, "Fuck, we have to figure out how to get another S in here." <laughs> it's like when you're freehand drawing, and you're just like, "Ah, oh, damn it!" <laughs> it absolutely looks like something I would have like drawn in a notebook when I was doing block letters in elementary school. <laughs> it's like, well, the one S is different than the other they S. They should I mean, have okay. had the Stussy S the, in there. The L, they absolutely should have. By the way, that would have been a great touch. The L's are the same. Yeah, well, the, the L's are the same, but inexplicably, the S's are not the same. Yeah, you know, I'm just seeing that for the first time, and I find that great in a like hilariously bad type of way. Why is the E so long? And here's my other question. The S is big enough that they had to sort of cut it off to make the M fit in there. Why? Why not just make the S a little smaller? I don't get that. What? The other S used to be an eight. <laughs> yeah, it sure did. Eight Mashville. 
Oh God, these are the best. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely finding one of those jerseys on sale and just mailing it to one of you. (laughs) I would, I always say that the, um, the stadium, the the Winter Classic jerseys are the retro, the throwbacks. The Stadium Series jerseys are the turn ahead the clock jerseys. Anything goes. Anything goes. Lyle, do you remember those? Do you remember the turn ahead the clock jerseys? No. In baseball, really? No. Oh, man. No. Lyle, they were real bad. Lyle, not the intricacies of, of sports with the jerseys. And the Blue Jays were in that You don't game. remember Ken Griffey Jr. wearing his hat backwards? Yeah, it was great. It not, Seattle, yeah, I remember that. But. The Seattle Mariners. But that, turn but ahead that, the clock like, jersey. Yeah. That was, the irony of the turn ahead the clock jersey was weren't they turning ahead to like 2025? Yeah, it didn't really work that like that when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, um, was not the best idea uh when all this. But let's let's take a look. Uh, oh damn. Not let me do that. Oh, you son of a bitch. Why are you just not letting me open the image, you fucks? That's Smashville. Oh man. But the turn ahead of clock jerseys were fucking fantastic, and I loved every minute of them. Um, uh, open image and in your tab. We'll find them. We'll find them later. But anyway, um, so Lyle, we talked about the breaking news that was the Phoenix Coyotes, uh, yeah, possibly getting evicted. Uh, is yeah. can we finally say they're moving to Houston now? Can we just make it happen? <laughs> they're wow. not. They're not moving to Houston until Gary Bettman says they're moving to Houston. We all know how the game is played, Scotty. And the game is played is that on ice. Well, obviously stop. he's not play, paying their damn bills anymore. The dancing doesn't stop until Batman says it stops. We all know this. You know there's going to be emergent emergency fund to help them pay their bills. We <laughs> there you go. Yeah. We all know this. The NHL like, slush fund. Open up that war chest. Open up that war chest. Exactly. You know they they didn't need that that big war chest to fight the players in the last round of collective bargaining. So they've got all that money saved up collecting interest. Just, you know, use that as your emergency loan to, to help them pay their, their bills, to get them through the end of the season. And then they'll, they will move to uh, somewhere else in, in, in Arizona. Uh, let's see. Where, where is it here that they could move to? Let's see. Um, when they're the only bidders? What's that? When they were in Tempe and they're the only bidders for that space and it had all the good clip art people. Well, they're still waiting. Yeah, they haven't built the arena yet. That's the only oh, problem. Oh, they got to build it fast, though. Yeah, but there's a, yeah, there's another place that they could go, though. Where? In 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 Arizona. Where? There's other venues they can go Where? to. Name me two. Pardon me. Name me two. Well, if give me a second, and I'll I'll <laughs> use one. I'm I'm looking for it right now. Just give me a second here. On Google Maps. <laughs> you're so you're so impatient. Jeez, jeez. Find Ice Arena near Tepe, <laughs> right, Arizona. Well, fuck it. While you're while you're looking that up, here's some turn ahead turn ahead the clock jerseys. Here's the twins. Okay, roller arenas don't count. Okay, shit. Um, all right, just hang on. Ah, here it is. Here it is. Uh from Craig Morgan, uh formerly of the of Arizona Sports and the Athletic before the Cool Kids Club decided, hey, we don't need to cover the coyotes ever. Um Arizona's Veterans Memorial Coliseum isn't an ideal venue, but if a return to Glendale is possible, it's the best option to bridge the gap from the 2022-23 season to what the Coyotes hope will be their permanent home along Rio Salado. Rio Salado. So, back to the future. 
you go to the Arizona Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Now, Scotty, I take it that as I say Arizona Veterans Memorial Coliseum, you are already looking up the specs, correct? 1965 this thing opened. You are the fastest fingers in the West, my friend. That's what my girlfriend says. <laughs> hey, oh. That's why I set them up. I'm, I'm the it's advocate. It's a, a 14,870 14, seat, but only 13,730 for hockey. That's fine. They don't use They're it. not even drawing that much in their current venues. It's, so. Exactly. There's fine. That's um, fine. We don't know if they still have an ice plant, though. That could be crucial as well. They will build one. <laughs> They, well, they're going to have to. Yeah, they will <laughs> yeah, build one. Of course they will. Um, it looks like it was last oak, oak, uh, in late spring, early summer of 2021. The Coliseum was excited for a controversial multi-month audit of the presidential election. All right. So history. Uh, the Coliseum most recently hosted Sam Smith's <laughs> The Lonely Hour Tour in the summer mm. of 2015. Oh, 15. Yeah, and the that's Suns a, returned there for preseason scrimmage October 3rd, 2015, as part of the We Are FNX movement. Yeah. All right. So it's there for the taking. Mm-hmm. It last hosted hockey. Anybody want to guess? Anybody want to guess? 1973. Mm, I'm going to go with never. I'm going to go with never. All right. And Lyle? 1996. Uh, 2001 with the Phoenix Mustangs of the West Coast Hockey League. Yeah, it was only five years off. Look at me. Yeah. Uh, so there we go. Uh, it also hosted the Phoenix Roadrunners of both the WHA and the IHL and the Phoenix Cobras of the RHI. So down for that. Uh, so, yeah, it hasn't hosted a sporting event in six years. <laughs> but so you're saying there's a clamoring there, for sporting events in it. So, so what I'm saying is that um, this is the perfect place for the Arizona Coyotes to end up. <laughs> Let's be fucking honest. It, uh, it, was, it was nicknamed the Madhouse on McDowell, as it's on West McDowell Street. And it, is, it looks like the, uh, the, the Saddle Dome. It has the Saddle Dome slope roof, the Capitol Center slope roof. Um, so that was all the rage back then. <laughs> it was. It really yeah. was. Um, yeah. So there right. we go. So they're our state at Arizona. So there, there, is, there we go. So because, because we looked that up, here's turn ahead the clock jerseys. Uh, fuck you. Uh, so here's the Twins jerseys. Um, they wore these on the field and played in them in a Major League Baseball game. When uh, did this happen? Uh, 96, 97, 98, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Those three years. Yeah, uh, must have been, must have been around the time. Must have probably been like a couple of years after the after the the strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like a lot of people, I didn't pay too much attention to baseball after that, except when Cal Ripken, you know, broke the the Iron Man record. I mean, I did check, did tune in for that, but that like a lot of other people, I kind of I kind of tuned out until uh, till the the steroid home run uh, derby started. So yeah. I love that. How of all of the teams, yeah. The Mets were the only ones that getting were getting set to a different planet. <laughs> <laughs> well, they knew the Ponzi scheme was happening. Uh, the Cardinals actually look kind of like Kansas City's one, but I'll, yeah, the Cardinal ones. Cardinals look, well, Lyle, I'm glad you said Kansas City. Well, here's some more. Here's Ken Griffey. Here's the Big Pirate. Here's uh, Larry Walker, Canadian legend. Um, and here's the Royals' first attempt at the throwhead oh, jersey with well, Johnny Damon, Suns out, guns out, baby. Even he's playing in the Kingdom, and there's Griffey, ready to go. Big 24 in his front of his helmet. So, turn ahead the clock. 
Catch- Surprised that they never took off. I'm, yeah, no. Yeah. Well, they brought funny enough the the Mariners brought him back for a game or two a couple years back because it was so quiche. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Lyle, let's talk some things. We had a uh, we had a we had a tie for our uh, Patreon pick, and luckily um, we can talk to you about this. We talked a little bit a bit about it earlier, but man, recycling management is a thing in the National Hockey League, and we could not get enough. Uh, obviously, Bruce Brujeau hired as the Canucks head coach. Mike Yo hired as a uh, as a Philadelphia Flyers head coach. Um, word on the street is word on the street, but apparently possibly Mark Bergevin in the running for the Vancouver GM position. Why are people, is it because no one wants to rebuild anymore and their terrified fans are going to run away that we don't look outward to uh, other people in the coaching and management world? It is, it has become an increasingly incestuous uh, relationship that the NHL management owners coaches they just would much rather recycle established guys because if you bring in somebody from who's you know has little NHL experience oh well it may not work out and you know you you I mean come on this has been going on for a very long time it's just getting worse you know this has been going on seriously you look back for the last what 20 30 years you know Guys who were go, they hired, get fired, hired, fired. Didn't matter. Coach, general manager, this always happened. But it has really increased a lot in recent years to the point where people are going, you know, I mean, no offense to Bruce Boudreaux. This is his fourth go around, <laughs> you know. And we all know that Bruce has a terrific regular season record. He can turn teams around. He did it in those last three stops. Uh-huh. But not so much in the playoffs, you know. So if if right now if you're, he, he's the perfect coach to bring in if right now you're just desperate to try and at least get your team into the playoffs you know he's that kind of coach yeah you know um, well, so fan I mean as my, I don't know fan bases really have that much of a say in all of this but no I'd say. say that most of the time I, I know they don't actually have any say but I'm saying if if front offices ever actually listen to the fact that like fans always want someone with experience versus someone who's brand new. It's just, just, I mean, well, Jeremy Colleton showed that too. Yeah. Well, because it's a recognizable name. Right. Right. I mean, if you're not, you want to hire somebody, it's the same as the the old, like it's the veteran uh, bias a little bit, right? You want the guy that scored 60 goals one time or 50 goals one time that might not be able to hack it anymore. Instead of a new kid that you haven't heard of, that is probably going to be better. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, I mean, and and the hiring of Boudreaux actually in in Vancouver that went down very well. Seriously, their their fans were happy. The 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 pundits, their media is vicious in Vancouver, and they were actually all on board with this. You know, you know, they're like, oh yeah, he'll yo Boudreaux will bring some levity to the room, and you know, he'll he'll make the players feel more relaxed. They'll you know they won't feel so stressed out, and he teaches a system that you know players they they take to right away. He keeps the game simple, doesn't overthink it. Da 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 da. And it's like, yeah, okay, take all those take all those things you wrote and. Fold them up, file them away. So in three years' time or four years' time, when he's had his usual shelf life, which is about three to four years, mm-hmm. and the team, okay, maybe has made the playoffs but can't get out of the fucking first round, then just 
pull those things out and reread them again, you know, and tell me what you really honestly think, you know. Um, but it, it always depends, though, too. I mean, the minute that you heard Mark Bergevin, you know, for I don't know why people automatically assume Mark Bergevin, because that didn't come out from anybody out of out of the, the Canucks organization whatsoever. But right away, that was the media jumping on that going, hey, Mark Bergevin just got fired. Maybe they'll be interested in him. You know, <laughs> and it's like Bergevin hasn't even had a week to kind of decompress from the roller coaster year that he's had. Plus, he's also just finished a bout of COVID as well. So I'm sure that he's really not feeling like eh, I want to go out and, uh, you know, jump into another high pressure market right off the bat. But right away, you got people going, hey, hire him. And immediately you've got Canucks fans going, no, no, not him, not him. So, you know, it 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 just depends, I guess, on what you're your public persona is because because let's be honest, Bruce Boudreaux's persona is, you know, he's one of a he's he's like an everyman. You know what uh-huh. I mean? He really is. He's very relatable, drops the F bomb. People kind of love that. He dropped the F bomb in his first press conference in Vancouver and everybody loved it. You know, that wound up on Twitter. He dropped the F bomb in his first press conference. I fucking love this guy. You know. But he's yeah. got an everyman he, but he does. He has an everyman quality about him, you know? Whereas Mark Bergevin uh has a mad scientist vibe about it (laughs) (laughs) it's like yes he had some yes he did you know have some success in montreal yes he did but it's like i said greg wachinski described him best when he said he's got a mad scientist vibe about him because you you never know what he's gonna do you know oh swap pk suban the very popular pk suban for shea weber sure you know let's do that you know uh draft a sex offender oh sorry too far anyway um but uh but somebody else yeah. was gonna take a while but he's a yeah exactly you know we can't have that you know can't have somebody else draft a sex offender uh but anyway um but not no but i mean that it's that bit of instability about him right whereas if somebody said um they're going to hire bob gainey Oh, well, no, well, Gainey's well-respected and won a Stanley Cup for Dallas. And, you know, he's, he's very cool-headed. And that, you know, I think if that if somebody said Bob Gainey was going to be hired or is in the running for the job, and I'm just throwing out there as, as an example of, of just to buttress my point here, a lot of Canucks fans would probably be on board with that. But okay. there would be some that would go, why are we recycling these general, you know, these, these old general managers? Why are we bringing these guys back? But it goes back to what I said before when we talked about why doesn't the NHL, you know, do things? Why doesn't the NHL uh, implement more rules to make the game more exciting? Or why don't they do more to crack down on, you know, some of these flagrant fouls that are going on, blah, 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 blah. We talked about it before. The NHL is by nature probably among the most conservative minded sports leagues in North America, if not the world. You know, they really are. They are so resistant to change. It's not funny. You know, as I said, I always quote Mike Milbury from 20 years ago when, it, you know, when everybody came out of the 20, the, the 2002 Winter Olympics, that exciting Winter Olympics in Salt Lake City. And, you know, the media was saying, hey, how come NHL hockey can't look like that? And Mike Milbury was asked that question and he said, we like our game the way it is. And that <laughs> spoke volumes. It spoke volumes. In other words, we are resistant to change. 
And we all know the only reason why they ultimately did implement rules to speed the game up was after a season-killing lockout where they were scared shitless that the fans wouldn't come back. So they did do something to entice the fans back. Well, it's been 16 years since a lockout. And what are we starting to see creep back into the game again? Uncalled obstruction, right? It's just that it doesn't happen in the regular season. Now it happens in the playoffs, you know. Yeah. So the regular season keeps you hooked. Hey, look at that exciting play. And look, the players are getting smaller and faster and more skilled. Isn't it great? Isn't it great? And then we get to the playoffs and it's ultimately the big slow footed guys who win. So, you know. Unless you happen to have a team, well, not necessarily. It could be a team like Tampa Bay that has big, slow-footed guys with a healthy mix of, of skill guys, and there you go. But um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised that this is all part of it. You know, anytime you bring in anybody who thinks outside the box, either as a coach or as a general manager, they don't, you know, unless they have success right off the bat, and that's the key. They have to be successful right off the bat because if they're not, then people go, oh, see, look, he's a failure. They're, those ideas don't work here. You know, maybe they work in the AHL or over in Europe, but they don't work here. There's a reason that's a bigger. You want to talk about, you know, that's something that really bothers me. There are perfectly good coaches and general manager material in Europe. You know, how many European general managers do we have? Quickly. One. Two. Two. And they are? Kekalainen. Kekalainen. Yep. He's the only one I do with. Uh, is that only? I don't know. <laughs> That's it. It is just one. Just one. Yeah. And it's Kekalainen. How many European co head coaches do we have? Exactly. Oh. <laughs> exactly. And the reason why is because, like they said, they don't come over and have instant success. So right off the bat, therefore, ergo, they don't understand our game and they don't fit in the NHL. And they wind up kicking them to the curb or they just make them assistant coaches or they bury them in the minors or send them back to your send them back to Europe. Like I said, very, very conservative minded, mm -hmm. you know, and that's why we keep seeing this recycling all the time, all the time, all the time. Yeah. And it'll never end. It'll never end. Well, oh, eventually, eventually it does end. I mean, you know, at some point, you know, you do get new coaches and new general managers who come in with uh, with different ideas. They become successful and that spawns imitators because that's something else the NHL does very, very well. Very well. It's like, oh, wait, this system works? Copy it at once. You know, when the New Jersey Devils upset the Detroit Red Wings in the 1995 playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs, every team in the NHL took notice of that because the Red Wings, they were, they were beasts that season. And that was supposed to be, this was supposed to be their season. They were going to finally win the Stanley cup. You know, they just dominated everybody. And then they ran into the devils who were a good team. They were a good team. They weren't a great team. And they upset them, swept, not just beat them, swept them and humiliated them. And every other team in the league looked at that and said, that's what, that's the way we got to go. We've got to do this, the neutral zone trap. We've got to get bigger guys in who can slow the skill guys down. You know, that's when you started seeing, you know, and it was around that time, you started to see the un uncalled obstruction come in. And that's why we had the game ruined for a decade in what's called the dead puck era. But it was because the Devils did something different that nobody else was doing, and they did it well. And, you know, maybe there's a team out there that, that will be the same way. I don't know. It may be harder to do in the salary cap era now. I don't know. But, you know, until somebody comes in, with unique ideas that changes everything. You know, think of Glenn Sather and the Edmonton Oilers in the early 80s, you know? 
Seder was a genius in that he looked at, he had a genuine star, superstar in Wayne Gretzky. Now, we didn't know at that time that he was going to foundationally change the game. But what they did, what he did was he just totally embraced Gretzky's style of play and just said, building around him, run and gun, boys, go get them. They didn't care if they lost, if they won their games 10 to 7. Didn't give a shit as long as they won. They didn't care. And for a decade, that's what all the in the 80s, that's what all the emphasis was on, was on offense, you know, until it changed. Maybe it'll change again someday, but it's going to need to be somebody to come in. I don't know if they're in the league now already, or maybe they're they're on the horizon who can come in and implement a system that'll foundationally change the game. And then we'll see another generational shift and a whole new bunch of different coaches and general managers coming in. But right now it's just recycle, recycle, recycle. So I know this debate has probably happened many, many times over the years, but what, how did we get from Gretzky to the 94 devils? Because yes, systems changed. Yes. Players changed. But I, I, in my mind, the biggest thing was the equipment changed. Oh, that was not only for the goaltenders, but for the defensemen, because in, in Gretzky's age, you didn't see somebody taking dives in front of slap shots. Yeah. Right. That was part of it. But but it wasn't just equipment, though, but it, it, it required that change in the mindset of the neutral zone trap, because that's where the bigger equipment for, as you said, for defensemen, that's where that all came in. I mean, for goalies, their equipment started to get bigger and bigger starting around the turn of the 90s, right? We're slowly but surely starting to get big because, of course, there was, you know, also changes in design and changes in the in the type of material used. So padding yeah. got lighter, but it also, mm-hmm. you know, got bigger, you know, but it was sort of done out of necessity, right? Because there was so many goals being scored in the 80s. Goalies were being lit up like Christmas trees. It, and also, by the way, they also wound up changing their style as well. They changed their training yes. and they changed their style of play as well. But again, because they had to. You look at goaltending in the 1980s, it's completely different from what the way goalies play it now. Right. But, but I don't think goal scoring, nobody ever wanted to stop goal scoring. People love goals. <laughs> yeah, they right? love the, the NHL like never wanted to stop goal scoring. It's just uh, so that part of it maybe wasn't. Tr- I don't know. Maybe, maybe you you lived through that era, so maybe it's true. I don't know. No, yeah, it, it is. Not. I mean, look, it wasn't like a, a thing of we we hate goal scoring. We want we want to bring it down. It had to do with parity. Okay, you know, because you had a handful of teams that were elite, right? who would just run roughshod over everybody. And then the rest of the league, well, you know, they would try to make do the way as best they could, right? For whatever reasons, whether it was because they were small market teams that couldn't afford to pay, you know, because this was back in pre-salary cap days, whether it was, uh, you know, just poor management or whatever. But, you know, back in the 80s and the early part of the 90s, you had a handful of elites who beat the stuffing out of everybody else, right? You had a, a marginal middle there who were good, but you knew they weren't going to win the Stanley Cup unless they caught a break, like Montreal in 86 and 93. Yeah, I said it. They caught breaks, okay? <laughs> they got very lucky in 86 that the Edmonton Oilers and the Philadelphia Flyers were both eliminated early, and in 93 when the Penguins got eliminated early. They got lucky there. They really did. Because there's no way in hell, as great as Patrick Wall is and was, there was no way in hell that the 1986 Montreal Canadiens were going to beat the 1986 Edmonton Oilers if those guys hadn't hadn't gotten eliminated early. There's just no way. But anyway, I digress. The point is, is that 
you had teams that were looking for ways to try to make be more competitive and to try to be more competitive if you lack the talent. Because remember, too, at the same time, they went from 18 teams to 21 teams to 24 teams. You know, expansion was going on through the 90s at that rate as well. So you were going to have teams that were going to start off that weren't going to be very good. Okay. So what was the only way if you lack the talent to score a lot of goals? Your next best thing is come up with a system to prevent getting a lot of goals scored against you. And that's where that whole mindset came in. You know, now it was a gradual thing at first, but once the devils showed, you know, the neutral zone trap and played it to perfection, everybody embraced that as the system after that. And it just, as I said, it became the dead puck era after that. Within two years, you know, you were lucky to have, if you had one player that scored 100 points, holy Jesus, he was he was great. You know, whereas in 96, you would have had something like five or 10 guys that would have reached 100 points, you know. So that shows just how much it it, it dropped in that time as more and more teams em- embraced the neutral zone trap. And then eventually it got to the point where you saw some of these teams were upsetting, you know, more talented teams in the playoffs by playing that type of system. So those teams, i.e. Detroit Red Wings, Dallas Stars, Colorado Avalanche, as talented as they were, they also had to embrace that style or they were never going to friggin' win. You know, as talented as they were, they knew once they got in the playoffs, it was just going to be, you know, trying to 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 skate through a bloody forest of big body players who were going to hook and hold and, and obstruct you in every way they could. So they had to embrace the same style. Right. So it's that's how, how we get the Minnesota Wild and Anaheim Ducks in a Western Conference final. Bingo. Exactly. And that's why the 2003 Stanley Cup final, even though it went it's seven time. games, is the most to this day remains the most Boring Stanley Cup final I have ever watched. Best the ever most... home team won every game. It was great. Yeah. With only one, like I said, with only one truly great moment, and that was the Paul Correa goal. You know, when he got knocked out by Scott Stevens and then comes back and he scores. It wasn't, it was, you know, like I said, I believe it wound up being the game-winning goal, but at the time, I think it put them up by two or three at the time. I can't recall. But it was such. But the point was, it was such a memorable moment. You know, Gary Thorne's iconic call off the floor on the board. I mean, to this day, I still love quoting because it's such one of the great all time calls in hockey. But that was the only memorable moment, apart from Martin Brodeur's blooper, where he left a stick on the Jared <laughs> pass goes and hits a puck and goes in. Even like I love Marty Brodeur, and even I laugh my ass off at it. It was so fucking comical. But mathematically though that was sort of impossible yeah yeah exactly but the (laughs) point is though is that that was it it was so boring i fell asleep through half of those games because they were just so dull you know but that's how we wound up with that it was not the game winning goal and it was the (laughs) i didn't think it was yeah I thought that it put them up. I think it gave us like an insurance goal or something put them up by four four to one was the that score then sakura the real Sakura scored, and then Grant Marshall scored on the right. power play, as he is one to do. But, I mean, it was such a great moment. But, I mean, other than that, nothing. It was so dull. And so, yeah, I mean, the game, yeah, to this day, I mean, I still think the game is better now than it was 20 years ago. Don't get me wrong. It's still a lot better than it was then. But, nevertheless, you know, you're still seeing those elements creeping back into the game again, which, you know, when they, you know, when they say, you know, when you got Tortorella saying, you know, hey, you know, Connor McDavid's got to learn to play both sides of the puck if he wants to win the Stanley Cup. 
you're not wrong. Not until the, you know, until the NHL actually does something to to get that element of, you know, to get rid of that element of the game, uh, you know, to allow their scorers to do to play at their best, even in the middle of the playoffs. And yeah, he's going to have to learn to play both sides of the puck. Exactly. Uh, Lyle, we got some goalie stuff going on. We got uh, Mr. Anton Hudobin on the trade block. Mm. Ready to go. Yeah. Uh, Dallas as Ben Bishop starts his rehab. Yeah, I was about to say, does that have anything to do with Bishop coming yep. back? Yeah, he's uh, Mr. Bishop is uh, tomorrow night. He makes his debut with the Texas Stars in the first of his conditioning stint. It's either three games or at least to start anyway, three day, three games or a week, they can extend it by a couple of more games if they want uh, just to, you know, it's basically to determine if he's ready to come off LTIR or not. You know, they'll determine if he's, if he's how, and if, you know, whether he, he can still play. Uh, and if he can, if he's up to a level where he would be able to, to come off LTIR and, you know, join the, uh, the stars, the stars lineup. Um, now, but Hudobin is the logical choice, you know, to go with Braden Hopi. Hey, having a resurgence there in the Lone Star State. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah. And but Jake Ottinger, he's he's their he's their man. He's the goalie of the future has arrived. Well, he arrived last year. It was just, you know, they they had to bring it develop him in slowly, obviously. But man, oh man, they're a different team when he's in goal. You can really honestly see it. Like they they play with such a that's no knock against Holpe either. I mean, they they like having him there as well. But Ottinger, man, oh yeah, yep. These he he's he's definitely their future has arrived now. And so yeah, Hudobin, I know, yeah, you know, 18 months ago he was he was the hero. Not even 18 months ago, I'm talking about 14 months ago. <laughs> 14 months ago, the weird season of last year. Yeah. He was he was their playoff hero. But uh yeah. We're not going home. Yeah, yeah, we're not going home. Oh, no, you're not going home. <laughs> you're mm-hmm. going to go to another team. But uh, there was some talk that maybe that, well, they said that they uh, they had spoke to the Sabres, uh, but the Sabres <laughs> aren't going to the, uh, they're not going the Dobby route because they brought in Malcolm Subban. They called up, uh, they called up the Finnish kid with a whole bunch of consonants in his name. Pekka, Pekka. And, I, and Trevor Zegris and Sonny Milano just abuse him. Oh, that was yeah. amazing, though. That well, was the kid, the kid actually played well, the Sabres goalie. He actually, oh, yeah, he, no. actually he actually played well. It's just yeah, they weren't expecting that. But, yeah. It's uh it, it it does kind of suck that a kid just got posterized, literally. Like that's gonna be on posters if yeah, they made such things for little kids to hang on walls yeah, anymore. That, that, that's on his defense though. You notice Trevor Zegers had guys, all the time to the take that. that puck. Curl yeah. it up on the blade of his stick and do the lacrosse toss out to Milano. I mean, yeah. where the hell was the defense on that? My God. Well, yeah. At that point, you got to clean him out, right? I mean, you can't oh, let, you can't man. just like wave your stick and hope you you get the puck like he did. I mean, come on, this isn't Wayne Gretzky you're talking about back behind the goal there for God's whoa, sake. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. That's I not Gretzky back. Zegers erasure. Especially when he makes a great pass to Sean Leahy's close personal friend, Sonny Milano. Yeah, every time, every time there's a goal, I get, uh, I get a text from Sean Leahy that says, uh, uh, "Sonny Milano, Ducks goal scorer, good Long Island boy." <laughs> there you go. I always know when Sonny Milano scores. 
No offense to Zegers, but every time I hear his name, I, I, I he, he, he sounds he sounds like he'd be one of the monster villains in a Gamera movie. Gamera versus Zegers. <laughs> Zegers reads. This Zegers Zegers is a, don't get me wrong. Zegers is a talented kid. I can definitely you can definitely understand why the uh, the Anaheim Ducks were not going to part with him to try and get Jack Eichel from Buffalo, and you can also understand why the Sabers wanted Trevor Zegers yeah. in that in that deal. So he was uh, the one doing it for them and not doing it. Uh-huh. Them. Yeah, exactly. But he's a t- he's a talented kid, but there's no way he should have been allowed all that time and space to be able to try that that trip. So. Poor Buffalo. Oh, the Sabres. Well, we all know the collapse was inevitable. Oh. We all knew. We all knew what we saw in October was not going to last. Yeah, we knew that Pat LaFontaine's not walking through that door. No. no. He might be. I don't know. It was a good mistake. Well, they can't blame Rasmus Ristolainen now. Now he's Philadelphia's misery. Exactly. Him and Ryan Ellis back there. Well, Ryan Ellis hasn't been back there. Ryan Ellis has only been back for half a dozen games. He's been sidelined most of the time. Yeah. Um, Tuka Rask was the e-bug for the Bruins. Uh, when's he get signed, Lyle? January, mid-January at the latest. Yep. Oh yeah, it's gonna happen. That's the worst kept secret in the league. The only question is, what are they gonna do with uh, Jeremy Swain? Well, they're not gonna have any choice. They're gonna have to demote Jeremy Swain when they sign uh, Tuka Rask, which is which is unfair when you think about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Swayman's playing better than Linus Olmark, but. Linus Allmark is earning five over five mil a season, and he has a full no movement clause, so he's not going to the minors. Whereas Swayman is waiver exempt this season, so they can send him back down. Um, I can understand. Uh, oh, Johnny, you all right, bud? Johnny's dying. It's fine. He's fine. He's sick. Uh, he might be throwing up a little bit. I'm not entirely sure. You all right, bud? He's yeah. Fine. <laughs> I'm a little worried, man. I saw you talking out of there, kind of. You know, oh no, I just blowed my nose. Oh, okay. this is where my mute button's down on the uh, on the ah, table next there to me. There we go. <laughs> the mute button, yeah, cool. Right there on your, right there. I like that. You got a big mute button there on the floor. You can whap it like a wah wah pedal and kind of. <laughs> well, they actually so they have uh they have a like um a stand that you yeah. can attach the mute button directly to the stand, and it would like be directly in front of me. And I go, why would I do that? It's sitting on a table right next to me. And then every time I need to use it, I have to put my like elbow down on the side of the table here. And yeah. Like, just bought the damn stand and put it attached it to the mic stand here. Here Bam. comes a flack of wah wahs. By the way, boom, look at that. Little jersey card for the Tops Now. There, nice. there it is, baby. There it is. Tops Now sponsors, you fucks. Um, <laughs> they even got me doing it, and and that you you know that that means yeah. that it's gonna once, catch on fast. Once we yeah, once we get Mark in on it, and he's like, I got the time to play on my phone. And next time I see Hudson, he's gonna that. be like, Hey, did you that. see this card I got? Ooh, look at I was that. gonna send. I was gonna. I was, I wanted to email to you <laughs> earlier, and I forgot. That that's that's my new uh, my new uh, Scotch. That's your new hobby. Ooh. I hardly know her. That's from yeah. Now, how do you have them? I have to know. Are they organized alphabetically by uh, by price by by rating? Lyle rating? My no. My my my, lo- my lovely wife Tina uh, feng, sh- feng feng shui them. Okay. <laughs> uh, I I do not have preferences. Uh, my only preference is that they be either Scotch or Irish whiskey. Okay. There are no bourbons. There is no rye. <laughs> Uh, there was just, <laughs> just good, Rack. good scotch and, yeah. and, and Irish whiskey sitting there. 
Um, 55 bottles and counting so far. I so would love a Lyle Power ranking, though. 50, oh, yeah, yeah, bottles of, of, of scotch on the wall. 55 bottles of scotch. And by the way, you have to televise the taste it around. 54 bottles of scotch it, on the wall. It's it, it, it started out as a small collection at one point of like a dozen bottles jammed up in a kitchen cupboard. And over the last three years, it just gets slowly grown. Yeah. Well, that's what happens well, when see, you put bottles of alcohol next to each other. They have salt. Yeah, yeah that's true. They do. Like they do. That's how you get rides. Yeah, that's why you've got to get different ones. You've got to, so that, you know, spread the genes apart. Good genetics here. You don't want any inbreeding going on. Yeah. You're getting yeah. yeah. You got to have that, you got to have that single strain, single Y whiskey without yeah. the E, right? You don't want the E because the E is all mudded up, right? Mm-hmm. So it is funny though when you're younger, your liquor, your liquor cabinet is massive most of the time because people bring bottles to parties and leave them at your house or whatever, right? I used to have a massive liquor cabinet when I was in college or right out of college. There's that period when you're in your late 20s and early 30s where it's a struggle. You don't have a liquor cabinet anymore. And then as the years go on, Lyle proves that you get that liquor cabinet back, but it's only the good stuff at that point. Well, it's only the good stuff, and it happens when your your adult children have have grown up. So you now you don't care oh, if you're a bad example in front of them. Yeah, when your children, <laughs> you got a ways to go, brother. Yeah, you got a ways to go yet, Mark, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have one. When they're little kids, you don't want to set a bad example. At least, like that was my thing, right? Like I cut my drinking way down once I became a dad because it's like. Yeah, you, you did it secretly away from the, <laughs> no, but, you know, but I could just cut it way down because I didn't I didn't want my son to see me drunk or hungover. That was that was my thing. I, I, I just no, I didn't want him to see that. But now that he's an adult, well, it doesn't matter. He can see me drunk or hungover as I want. But <laughs> no, actually, I, I, I do not do that because of the simple fact that it, it, as a freelancer, it is misery to try and get up in the morning and, and write hungover. It is not a glamorous thing to do. Try and write hungover. It just isn't. It's a horrible, horrible. So Hunter S. Thompson was a goddamn liar. That's what no, you're trying no. To say. Well, actually, no, he was drunk. He wasn't hungover. No, yeah. he was just drunk all the time. He, he was a functioning <laughs> as 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 was Ernest Hemingway. Well, here's the interesting thing, though. Ernest Hemingway wrote sober. Hunter S. Thompson wrote sober. It's just they played up their escapades, but they yeah. But uh, you know, somebody once said that Hemingway said said write drunk edit sober and he never said that and never did that he he would write sober Mandela effect. and then he would get spend the rest of the day getting drunk so <laughs> he'd write in the morning and then after lunch well just just the one right <laughs> <laughs> this is this one is a, a reward for all the hard work i put in this morning <laughs> oh that one tasted good and then let's see if the next one still tastes good as, as, and despite the the display that's there, I I only imbibe maybe one or two nights a week, and it's usually just a couple of drams, and maybe I'll throw a beer in a pint in there, just you know, if I'm feeling randy that night. <laughs> you do have but, a good following on your uh, Scotch Friday posts, though. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I've kind of branched out from from beer into scotch. Well, I mean, the beer thing kind of—I still love craft beer, but it kind of ran it kind of ran its course in terms of finding new ones because after mm-hmm. a while, they all taste the same. Whereas with scotch, I've found an Irish whiskey. There's so many different subtle, different flavors and 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 different things that it's yeah. just. Yeah. So if I could taste anything, I would be right there with you, Lyle. You're right. <laughs> oh, you don't you don't have COVID, do you? 
No, no, it, it's because I can't smell. Oh, he's perpetual. It's his sinuses. So you know how you sinuses. like you like brush That's... everything around, and you're like you're like oh, oh yeah. like this is the I smell a whiff of I, I'm like. Yep, there's gotcha there. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I forgot about your sinus exactly. No, I automatically went to COVID when he said I can't taste anything. I'm like, oh God. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Poor Johnny. Jesus. Yeah. Nope. Ah. Anyway. Uh, anything else, Lyle, that we missed, maybe? Let's roll on, man. Let's All right. On, some pick em. Uh pick em. Daddy one. Daddy one. Stan? Sit nope. St. Stan's Academy. Um, yeah, I was about to say, everybody but John here qualifies yeah. as that. So. <laughs> uh, and John might even, too, if he maybe he just they doesn't call, know they it. Call me at work the, they call me at work the supply daddy. Um, so I win this one. 16 for the Kingston Frantnacks. Mark with uh, 12. Johnny with 7. Lyle with 4. I actually picked that team. You did. So you did well for yourself. We're going to the uh, WHL this week, gentlemen. The Western Hockey League for the year. I have taken a uh, lead now because of the outpouring of goals. 81, Lyle 74, Johnny 60, Mark 57. Um, I was doing so well, too. My boys let me down. Damn. Man, these things happen. Don't worry about it. Up, up over it. A lot of times features up, up over it. There's, there's, there's always the 1,000 point swing at the end of the season. 200 point swing, and it's fine. Um <laughs> The uh, the uh, the uh, OH or the WHL. Who's got players in the WHL? The Hockey League do Western. Yes. Yeah. Western. Oh yeah, that's right. I picked first. Yeah, first. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, once again, going my boys, the Cam, the Camloops Blue Blazers. There you go. Uh they they play in the Enter Sandman Center. They do. Did did did. Uh, then it goes to Johnny. Um, I'm going to go to the arena that is obviously owned by multiple people because it is a co-op place. Um, <laughs> and that's going to be the medicine hat Tigres. Mm. At Mark. I'm going to go with the Prince George Lisa Anns. Uh-huh. That'd, be, that'd be the Cougars. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, it's a, it's a deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> Took me a second to get that. Deep cut. <laughs> I saw a meme the other day that was like, uh, "I'm old enough to remember when she was the daughter in those movies." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oops. Whoops. <laughs> well, it's been I'll, what twenty years? I, I assume. I don't I'm know. Assuming. I'd have to look it up. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Go for it. Yeah. Just don't share your screen. Is that on your work computer? <laughs> of course not. Oh, good. Uh, I mean, 94 to 97, then she took like a 10-year break. It happens. Until 2006, and then until 2014, and then she took another four-year break, and then... Uh... Well, you know what? She was smart. She waited until the internet became a real big distri- distributor. That's right. So that's right. Between between ninety seven and two thousand six, the internet was spotty. Unless you were on LimeWire, it wasn't really uh, you know you didn't make any money. As Metallica found out, you're waiting you're waiting forty five minutes for a JPEG. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am going to pick uh, on the topic of this. 
I'm going to uh, talk to my buddy Art Hauser in his center and pick the Prince Albert Raiders. Here we go. Prince Albert. Penis. Prince Albert. <laughs> yeah. Was that, was, was that a follow-on on my Yeah, team? it was a Dick Pierce. Okay, fantastic. Prince Albert in <laughs> a kid. All right, so got mystery packs. We'll do this as a little ha-ha fuck you. Bought these at uh, JWW Cards in Fargo. 93 cents for a pack of 12. That was a memorable trip you and Jen had, by the way. Fuck, brother. Ooh. That was something else. Ooh. Oh, here we oh. go. Got a fancy one to start off with. We got a guy here. Um, this is a McDonald's card, too, in this grab bag from 96.97. Possessing speed and a nifting scoring touch. This player is a valuable contributor at both ends of the ice. In 95.96, he led all NHL defensemen in scoring. Who's on this card? Mark? I'm going to go Rob Blake on that guy. Rob Blake? Johnny, who do you think? Uh, Ryan Leach. Lyle, who do you think? Uh, you took mine. You took mine, Johnny. Um, oh, shit. I'll say Nick Lidstrom, but I know it's not. Yeah. Ryan Leach in a nice little... Yeah. <laughs> you could have gone Ray Bork. Oh, that's like a 3D card. Yeah, so it's, it's the 3D effect. From McDonald's. <laughs> I know, I remember those, yeah. Uh, all right, this one's from last season. With 11 seconds left in overtime, this player took a pass from David Krejci, so it's a Bruins player. On a 2-1-0, buried the puck to give the Bruins a 3-2 victory over Pittsburgh. January 26, 2021. Uh, before the trade deadline. Yep, shoots. he's a right-handed shot. From Madison, Wisconsin, six foot one, two oh eight. Lyle, name this Boston Bruin who got a pass from uh, from David Krejci. Pass David Krejci. Okay, what what was the date again? Uh, January twenty six, two thousand twenty one. My dad's birthday. <laughs> from Less Wisconsin? than twelve months ago. From There's Wisconsin, zero chance I know this. From Wisconsin, you say? It's from Wisconsin. Charlie Coyle. Charlie Coyle. Mark, who do you think this is? Um. <clears throat> um, it's not Brad Marchand, but I'll say Brad Marchand. He's Canadian. I don't care. Wisconsin is just the French Canada. It is. <laughs> the world. Johnny, who do you it's think? the Hammonds Plains. Um, McAvoy. Uh, no, Craig Smith. Craig Smith. Oh. That is such a Wisconsin name. Is that is a Wisconsin name. name. All right, this player, uh, I think a relative, is, a relative of his just got fired. Um. <laughs> Picked up his first point of the member of Predators setting up Eric Holla for a shorthanded tally. Holla. Uh, 28th, 2021. Johnny, who do you think this uh, Predator is from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada? Um, um, Philip Forsberg. Okay. His relative just got fired. I don't Mark, know. That think? doesn't help me. <laughs> I mean, Peter Forsberg could have gotten fired. It's fair. That's a fair I'm point. I'm pretty sure that Philip Forsberg is from Europe, but that's okay. That's yeah. fine. No. I thought Wisconsin was in Canada, so we're we're all good there. We're, talking, we're, about Wisconsin. we're talking about Edmonton right now. I know. <laughs> so uh a, a player on what team from Edmonton? Predators. Predators. A Predators player from Edmonton. Shoots right. He's what year? Player. This year? Uh this past year, yeah. This past year? Okay. Yeah, I didn't know what it was anyway. So Lau, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> Smashville. Brian Johansson. Uh, no, Matthew Benning. Matthew Benning. Oh. I don't have that card yet, oh, okay. so I don't know who he is. You remember You remember when the, the game came out with the cards where you were like, 
you could do the the swiping, but it was NHL players. That, that, was, super- that was like my peak of knowing who the rookies were. It was the year John Klingenberg was a rookie. Yeah. I'm trying, it was Silverberg was a rookie. I yeah. I got all those Anybody? cards and I was playing that game and I remembered who all those players were and then I was everything was gone since then. Uh, this guy's a goalie. This is from uh, 2018-19. Uh, tied for first in the NHL in games played by a goal. Outdoors, ten- goal, Ty Conklin. Okay. <laughs> On seven straight decisions. From November 22nd to December 23rd of 2017, and a 929 save percentage in that span. Mark, you're thinking Ty Conklin? Well, no, I thought you were going to say hey, he played the most games outdoors. No, 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 no. Good, good guess though. That year. But he did play. He, this is an Edmonton goalie. Oh. 18-19. Mike Smith. Mike Smith. More Lyle. Who do you think it is? Yeah, it wasn't him. Devin Dubnik. Devin Dubnik. Yeah. John, who do you think it is? Oh. Um... Uh, Koskinen. Uh, Cam Talbot. Cam Talbot. Oh, Cam Talbot. Oh, Cam, uh, Cam Talbot. Yeah. Forgot about him. Yes. Yeah. The fact that he's still playing is amazing. Um, this guy. This guy. So this is from 2019-20 Series 1. For the Red Wings, scoring seven goals in the previous season, this player scored three in one night. That's a hat trick. This <laughs> uh, must be some kind of record. Leading, <laughs> leading the Red Wings to a 5-2 road victory. Um, he notched a hat trick that in his uh, 100th game. Uh, name this Red Wing, Lyle. Okay. Um, sorry, I was laughing through half of that because Mark made me... He scored a hat trick yep. in his 100th game yep. against the Wild. He's from Sudbury. He's a Red Wing. From 2019 20. Um, Shoots left handed at that point. Robbie Fabry? Fabry, Johnny, who do you think it is? Um, Jeez. Uh, yeah, it's tough. The Red Wings are not a rememberable group at this point. <laughs> no, no, they're really not at all. Uh, still, I still like these holograms. I got I feel like I should know all Red Wings player, but I don't. Uh, how about Anthony Mantha? All right, Anthony Mantha. Mark, who do you think it is? Dylan Larkin. Put it on the board. Thank you. I'll take it. All right, Tyler Bertuzzi. If I said unvaccinated, that would have gave it away. <laughs> Tyler Bertuzzi. Damn. All right, this guy's That's a goalie. Guy's a goalie, everybody. Ty Conklin. Okay. <laughs> Nailed it, Mark. No. Um uh, this guy was traded to Colorado in June of 2018. Uh, he went seven and five with a shutout, starting for the Avalanche in the 2019 postseason. Name this goalie. Oh, catches left-handed, Johnny. Who do you think? <laughs> David Abisher. <laughs> <laughs> what year was it? Twenty. Stefan Fisa. Nineteen twenty. I think Mark's just naming Avalanche goaltenders. He's not. Better uh, left-handed. Philip Francois. Oh, French show, French show. There are a pretty decent amount of left-handed uh, Avalanche goaltenders over yeah. there. No, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Pavel Pavel Francois is uh, is a right-handed oh, catch. Johnny. He's right-handed. Yeah, Damn Mark, it. Mark, name another Avalanche left-handed catch goalie. I feel like Jose Theodore played in. Uh, he got right-handed. He's a right-handed. Damn it. Catch. I feel like he should have been left-handed, though. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. You're right. He feels left-handed. He, he does. Like you when you say have. his name out loud, it's like, yeah, he probably does catch right. <laughs> what? I know what that means. We're going to cancel it again. 
That's not what I meant. What type of goalie? It's just like when you, when you say the name Will goalie? Clark out loud. Think, think about Will Clark, right? Will Clark is like, that guy's a first baseman. He couldn't play any other position. That With that True. name, he is a first baseman. True. Name a goalie. Or a trucker. I did. Okay. Lyle, who do you think it is? His name's right there, and I just can't think of it, so I, I pass. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Philip Grubauer. Oh, wow. He got traded that long ago? Yeah, right after the Caps won the Cup. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, that's I, I that's a cool him. I just could, I could see him. I couldn't think of his name. Because in my mind, Seattle 20... So listen, in my mind, 2018 is like forever ago, but it's also yesterday. Yeah. That, was the, that was the before times, Mark. Uh, yeah. All right, so this guy is a teammate currently of Grubauer. Um, he's one of two defensemen on the roster last season for the... Uh, that tallied uh, to help the Pacific Division defeat the Atlantic Division in the All Star Game, the 2020 All Star Game on July tw- or on January 25th. Back from Toronto, Ontario, he shoots left-handed. He's six one, two hundred pounds, and the teammate of Philip Grubauer right now. Mark, name this uh, name this player. Wow, one out of thirty-two. Is he's a defenseman? You say defenseman. Nate Schmidt. Nate Schmidt. Lyle, who do you think it is? Mark Giordano. Mark Giordano, Johnny, who do you think it is? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Giordano is right. Yay! Uh, There's just an all-star game and a teammate yeah. of two hours. Like it, it, it had to be him. Yeah. This guy, this guy, this um, guy played for the University of North Dakota for uh, three seasons, I think. So now he plays for the Senators. Now he plays for the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Oh, that's a lie. Good, good check. Good, good, good try. He got uh, drafted by the Senators. Uh, he uh the highlight on this card after a scoreless first period this player set up detroit's first goal 256 in the middle frame of a 4-1 win over florida on february 7th 2021 he picked up another assist on the insurance tally midway through the third stanza johnny who who's this defenseman who played for the university of north dakota oh uh the red wings and now now he's with the red wings yeah jeez Um. Uh. I. I mean, Same I know Detroit defenseman. Yeah, like I, I don't even know. Uh, I, I told you last from time. Any, I don't know a player time. that played for from the Detroit any era. <laughs> Left-handed. This yeah. is before the trade oh, he's, deadline. He's right-handed. It's before the trade deadline. <laughs> <laughs> Please, uh, not after. <laughs> huge, huge, huge shot, Mike Green. My, okay, Mike Green. Uh, Mark. <laughs> Um, obviously played at North Dakota. Yes, yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four year varsity letter. Well, I mean, they they have green jerseys. <laughs> Nicholas Lindstrom. <laughs> Lindstrom Lyle. Danny DeKaiser. Uh, no, Troy Stetcher. Troy Stetcher. I you if you would have given me. Ten three guesses. days to to come up with that name, I would have never. Come if up you with would that have, name. if you would have told me his last name was Stetcher, I wouldn't have been able to come up with the name. <laughs> I don't know, Steve. Oh nope, sorry. All right, uh, this is from 2020, uh, 2018, 2019. Uh, this player registered an assist on both Montreal's goals uh, in a three-one overtime loss in the season opener against Toronto, uh, following an off-season trade that Montreal acquired him for. Uh, he also has type one diabetes. Lyle, who's this? Uh, Former Canadians uh, forward. Max Domi. Little Johnny. <laughs> uh, Brendan Gallagher. Uh, Mark. 
I was going to say Eric Stahl, but I mean, Lyle fired that off too quickly. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's the next dummy. You diabetes. Uh, this guy doesn't have any shoulders anymore. Uh, he made Blackhawks Garcelle. history. <laughs> he made Blackhawks history when he played his 1,000th and 9th regular season game, the most ever played by a Blackhawks defenseman, toppling Bob Murray's mark of 1,008 because that's how math works. Um, Johnny, name this this defenseman from Richmond, British Columbia. Uh, Duncan Keith. Duncan Keith. Mark. Duncan Keith. Duncan Keith. Lyle. Duncan Keith. <laughs> Duncan Keith. Fred Seabrook. Fred Seabrook. I was like, it's either Duncan Keith or Fred Seabrook. Somebody else say the other person. Come on. <laughs> I was I was certain it was Duncan Keith too. God damn it! I was gonna say Brent Seabrook just to be different because Mark and John were so sure. It's better that you agree. It's just funnier. No, it's a better reaction. All right, two cards left. Uh, this one, okay. this guy, uh, had three game-winning goals in 2018-19, including uh, one with 40 seconds remaining in overtime that gave. Uh, his team a 6-5 home victory on February 24th. He also has uh, good nasal cavities. Mark, name this player. How do you know that? I just, I just know. So wait, what? Can you? Oh, I'm sorry. What team? I, I was just focused on That's the na- nasal cavities part. Yeah, yeah nasal cavities part. I didn't say a team. Yeah, you didn't say a team. Some of these aren't going to get teams, Mark. Yeah, He's a wow. left-handed shot. He's a left-handed center. 6'2", 204 pounds. Yeah. The heck, man. Uh, Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon. Lyle, who do you think? Patrice Bergeron. Patrice Bergeron. Uh, Johnny, who do you think? Evgeny Kuznetsov. It's Evgeny Kuznetsov. There it is. I should have known, yeah, the whole sinus thing. Was <laughs> good good nasal way. cavities. Uh, oh, I get yeah. it now. Uh, <laughs> he prefers Pepsi now, I hear. Yes. It's a... Uh, <laughs> easier to snort all right uh last one johnny thought this guy's guy got fought his family member got fired name this player <laughs> lyle <laughs> it's philip forsberg <laughs> Mark. yeah i think it is philip forsberg lyle. <laughs> go ahead i don't care <laughs> <laughs> philip forsberg <laughs> Did you know he was at the bottom of the pile? No, or I did just, that just come up? It just happened. That's, That's fantastic. That's just way better. The crab bags are the best. <sighs> That's a good way to end this one. It uh, is. Lyle, thank you, sir. Hey, thank you, guys. I needed that. I needed. Yeah, I needed this. This. I needed this today. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, no, this week's been shit, Lyle. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's been a week. It's, it's been a week. Philip Forsberg Good. scored four goals this week, too, and didn't whip his cock out. That's Whoa. true. Four goals in a game. Didn't put his dick out there. You know what? No. That's, a, that's, a, that's a minus against him. His father should be fired. Uh, <laughs> Peter Forsberg. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lyle. We got, uh, what do we got now? We got uh, 17 more shop, uh, 16 more shopping days before uh, Christmas. So get your, get your Amazon Prime in now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm all primed for Amazon. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. I am, too. That's why I go to those websites. Anyway, thanks, Lyle. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> talk to you next week. Guys. See you, Lyle. There he goes. Lyle Richardson, at com. Johnny, what do you got for a shout-out? Um, 
I, I'll give a shout out to the uh, to the hockey card store that Scotty goes to. Ninety three cents for that much fun. I mean, you can't do you can't do that anymore in today's day and age, especially mm-hmm. in this economy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'll give a shout out to Nyquil. Oh yes, yeah. that will be occurring and quickly. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll give a give a shout out to Mark, even though I think I broke my toe, but I don't think I broke my toe anymore. It's healed. Oh, up. that's good. That's good. It's healed up fine. So so John John hit his toe on our baby gate because he's not used so, to being he's not used to stepping over a baby gate to come so up the steps. I was, I was baby, chasing, baby gate sounds like a great investigation. I was chasing <laughs> I was chasing a child around because he yelled chase me and then every time I like go to chase him he starts screaming and he's like I'm like you obviously don't want me to chase you he's like chase me I'm like all right. So I'm chasing him around in socks like a moron on a wood floor and come around the corner and boom. Baby gate. Yep. Fell on the floor in a fetal position, just like trying not to cry in front of a four year old. You know, the norm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I uh, cry in front of four year olds every day, so it wouldn't but be But I so definitely, cool. definitely Sometimes came home. I came home <laughs> on Sunday and I was like, ooh, that uh, pinky toe there is an interesting shade of black and blue. Uh, but you I don't, don't need think that anyway. Anymore. You don't need it anyway. It's I don't pink. think it's broken now, so it, it's healed up just fine. Humans is, have evolved beyond the pinky toe. Let's be honest. Sure, we just need a big club foot. So I'm gonna give a shout out to the pinky toe. I think so. And you know what? I'm also gonna give a shout out to Pluto, who I still feel is a planet. All right, perfect. That's you know what, and your feelings do matter to NASA, even though they they don't necessarily make it so. Yeah, agreed. Or listen to the show. Yeah. If you're out there, NASA. Mm. They are. Does, Na- does NASA make that? Who makes that designation? Is I would assume NASA. I think there actually is is a, a group of people. A, a planetary commission? Planetary, yeah. Interplanetary. Yeah. Intergalactic. By the way, I heard uh, this patch, the, the, the <laughs> uh, detachable penis the other day on the XM. Nice. So I nice. haven't heard that one in a while. Anyway, shout uh, out to uh, detachable penises. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Why shout not? out to the Mad Elf. I was inspired. Uh, John kept talking about it, uh-huh. and thus I needed to get some. Yeah, it's as good as I remember it being. Uh, <sighs> yeah. No, I don't think I have anything else. That's all I got. Yeah, so it is astronomers that go ahead and have a planetarium commission. Um, in, tw- in February 2020, the Hayden Planetarium in New York City displayed a solar system with only eight planets. <gasps> and did everybody gasp? They went, <gasps> like, oh my God. So the great planet debate happened uh, thanks to uh, Johns Hopkins University Applied Physics li- uh, Laboratory. Uh, but uh, yeah, they're on on Route 100 right there, or on yeah. that, well, whichever one you, you know, either 29 or 100. But you can always uh, tell when you're on Pluto too by the bark. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dummy. <laughs> by the way, one. Uh, Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. <laughs> one uh, one year in Pluto is 247 years long. In wow. Earth. So basically, 2020. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> yes. Uh, what else you got for us, Mark? 
I thought I thought I was done already. I thought you were shouting people out. I don't know. Uh, a diss to people call me from work. They know I fucking do. I have my alone time on Wednesdays. They should know. That's that. right. That's right. <laughs> Shout out to Savers, um, a a uh, thrift store kind of thing. I got a nice little uh, got a nice little uh, double decker uh, little double decker stand here for displaying. Nice. Nice fire. Looks great. Seven bucks. That looks great. That's great. Um, shout out. Yeah, to now the, you could now you could double decker up the top of your yeah. shelving unit with different. Yeah. Hell yeah, good. man. Smart. All about that life. Uh, a diss to Blizzard and people driving in blizzards. Uh, a shout but out. But shout out to Dairy Queen Blizzard. CQ Blizzards, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you on yeah, that one. Sorry, I, th- I thought you were gonna. Mi- I thought you were gonna miss out on that. Nope, sure wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I would like to tag Johnny's and say shout out to Pluto Nash, the movie by Eddie Murphy. <laughs> good that's good um shout out to formerly big nick's card store and their expansion so holla holla um and a diss to hard mattresses at at, uh at the fucking hotels dude like we had one the one in chicago we had it was a big room we had a couch we had a kitchenette we had everything the mattress i'm pretty sure was an old wwe ring like it was hard like you took you couldn't fall into bed you take a hard bump you separate your shoulder so and then our um, I'm sorry to hear that. Then our hotel our hotel in Fargo was just it was a bed and then a lot of space for other things, but then a single chair. And that was <laughs> like wow, they're either remodeling or just forgot things. Uh so Phil Castle's theater. <laughs> Essentially it was. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Uh and a shout out to Jen's son for graduating boot camp. He is officially Navy. Go oh, go Navy this weekend. Beat go Army. Navy. Go Davey. Hockey and football. So that's it. That's all for Jenny B. Mark with a C. I'm Scotty Waz. Take care of yourself and someone else. This has been Face Off Hockey Show. Part of the Face Off Hockey Show media faction. You can catch us on all the podcatchers. Google, Apple, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeart, TuneIn, Spotify, all that other fun stuff. Also on the social media is FOHS Radio across Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as Patreon.com slash Face Off Hockey Show. Pay us money, and we'll do things. Tell commerce works. <laughs> Capitalism, baby. That's it. You guys have a good week. Uh, Enjoy yourselves. Be safe out there until we talk next time. Peace.